Welcome to Couch Buddies. I'm Kia. I'm Michelle. And we're continuing Pride Month with another LGBTQ-centric movie, and we are talking about the half of it. The half of it is a 2020 film. It's for Netflix. Mm -hmm. Uh, It stars Leah Lewis, Daniel Diemer, uh, and Alexis Lemire. Lemire? Lemire? I don't, I'm bad at pronunciation. Why do I do this part? I don't know. I don't know. But writer and director, uh, Alice You volunteered. I think I just started doing it one day. It just happened. Uh, But writer and director is Alice Wu, uh, who also wrote Over the Moon for Netflix. Mm -hmm. Um, This has an IMDb score of 6.9 out of 10 Mm -hmm. and a Rotten Tomato score of 97%. I think it may be our biggest um, divide (laughs) from people to critics. Um, But yeah, now Leah Lewis... Uh, I knew or I, I heard of mm-hmm. because she's George in the new Nancy Drew show. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I, I was like, I kind of wanted to watch that. But then I saw it was spooky ookie and I went, mm, I don't know. <laughs> for, the, for the first time ever, Nancy Drew is geared more towards me than you. Well, it's just weird because like for me, when I, I read the Nancy Drew books, and this is way off topic, but I read the Nancy Drew books growing up. I still have a bunch of them. And like, it's not ever actually spooky ookie. Like that's yeah. the whole, like it's it's never actually ghosts and i think in the show it's actually ghosts and i'm like that's weird anyway yeah but that's the only person who's really done much the other two haven't yeah the other main characters in this now i did recognize um what is that character's name uh the the dad the the mr chu mr no not mr chu not that dad oh um, uh, uh what is her name aster's the, dad aster's dad aster's dad was on mr. without Flores. a trace for years gotcha he was like, I think, I think that's the show he was on. He was on one of the procedurals <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it was without a trace <laughs> because there's a lot of procedurals guys. There's a lot of procedurals. Without a trace. Is that the one that would do kind of like, they would show like flashbacks to the crime and it yeah, was usually sometimes, like. Sometimes. Yeah. 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 But it was, it, they, they were usually for missing people, not. Was it for Missy? Oh, I'm maybe I'm, there was something like uh, maybe I'm thinking of like a cold case one. There was cold case, which was also on CBS because CBS okay. has all the procedurals, all the procedurals on um, CBS. Because cold case is the one that had Beth Reesgraf in a in a flashback, um, in a cold case episode. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure without a trace was just looking for missing people. Okay, um, and it had oh man, uh, it had somebody you would know. You would know. I was like, and I know like Anthony LaPaglia was in That's, one of them. Yeah, that was yeah. A, that was Anthony LaPaglia's Without a Trace. Without was it? Yeah. Now I'm, okay. now you've got me double checking myself. <laughs> this has absolutely nothing to do with the movie we're talking about, but I'm still double checking. But this is myself. what we do. And then, but see, this is the things like I also know that Tracy Toms ended up being a detective on one of the series, and that same because it was it was fucking hysterical to me that they had an episode. Whichever one it was, without a trace, cold case, whichever one it was, uh-huh. they had an episode where there was a guy who had been part of like a local production of Cabaret, had disappeared, gone missing, whatever, and um, and that guy in the flashbacks was played by Adam Pascal, and then in the present, Tracy Toms was That's playing the detective. Was that cold, cold case? case? Okay. Um, without a trace had Anthony Lapaglia, Poppy Montgomery. Okay. Uh. Enrique Marciano, who was who was talking about, right. it, so I was right. Uh, Eric Close, <laughs> oh man, uh, Mary uh, Marianne Jean Baptiste, yeah, who I loved. Um, but yeah, that was that one. Okay, uh, and then there was Cold Case. I don't remember who was on Cold Case. I never really watched. It I don't remember. 
But yeah, they would always have someone different playing the current present day one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without a Trace was looking for someone who's been missing. So it was a much like smaller gotcha. window. But I don't know why that it, – it, it amused me because I was like, why is this guy so familiar? <laughs> like I know that voice and I know he was in a procedural in CBS. Like I am 100% yeah, sure. The reason I get th- – like I get them confused because they're what – like the, the year after uh, we graduated college and I was living um, at my tiny little apartment out mm-hmm. just outside of Branson – um, I couldn't afford, like, I couldn't afford DVR, but also it wasn't available where I lived. Mm-hmm. And so I was just kind of at the mercy of whatever was on television. Mm-hmm. And so there were nights that, like I would get home from work and just kind of crash and just stare at the TV for a few hours before I went to bed. And so I watched those shows several times <laughs> and so they're just kind of conflated in my head uh i just remember because my mom watched without a trace i don't think she watched cold case mm-hmm. and because she liked anthony lapaglia she liked Pop montgomery she liked mm-hmm. enrique marciano especially enrique marciano marciano she really liked him yeah so yeah i was like he's so familiar and it hit me like as i was finishing the show yeah the the, the movie but but yeah so the synopsis yeah the synopsis of it now that we've talked about everything else but the movie mm-hmm the uh, the synopsis is when smart but cash-strapped teen Ellie Chu agrees to write a love letter for a jock, she doesn't expect to become his friend or fall for his crush. Mm-hmm. And I... Because I, I watched this movie last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a day <laughs> where I... Because like, I watched... I watched this. I watched something else. And I watched Fast Color. Which has Goo Goo and Botha Raw in it. Ooh, love, Goo-Goo. love of my life. Um, and I just, it was just, it just happened to be a day of like, fuck, I picked some bangers. <laughs> and I just, there is something like so, like sweet and melancholy about this movie. Mm-hmm. And I, it just, it was one of those movies, like it was perfect for the mood that I was in that day. Mm-hmm. And and I remember, like, as soon as I finished it, I texted you, like, we have to cover the half of it. Yes. Yeah. And I just, I I adore it. I will say my only detriments with it, because I mm-hmm. do, the, I think the pacing is a little, a yes. little off for me. Um, Because I, I, I liked the movie overall, mm-hmm. but I felt like I spent four hours watching it. Like, you spent three and a half hours watching it. I did. It. I felt like I spent four hours watching it, because it's just such a slow, mm-hmm. like, I think it might have even worked better as, like, a miniseries. To, Maybe. So that it would make more sense that it was spaced out. I loved it. I, I did mm-hmm. love a lot of aspects of it. Like I said, that was my only thing was like there's a couple of times where I'm like, and, and let's. It, let's. It, does, it does feel kind of like the beginning of it is sort of stretched out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then like a lot happens in like the last 20 minutes. Yes. That's, yeah. I think that was my thing. Like I would have liked, I would have even liked like maybe another scene or two after the church scene. Mm-hmm. I would have liked maybe another, like, yeah, another little bit, like, with her dad or something again. Like, I really loved her with her dad. Like, that was, that yeah. was, oh, chef's kiss. Um, I also recognize they're speaking Chinese within the first, like, two <laughs> seconds. But yeah, they're speaking Mandarin, yeah. Also, they watched, like, three really great old movies, so you know that I was in for that. Mm-hmm. They specifically talk about one of my favorite yes, I know. old films. That was one of the other reasons why I wanted to watch this movie. <laughs> I, <laughs> so, I mean, that obviously gives it a bump, because... Yeah. 
They had Cary Grant on screen at one point. Uh-huh. They had Catherine Hepburn on screen at one point. I believe when they're like on her wall when they're talking about Hepburns, mm-hmm. it actually has Audrey and I think Roman Holiday is written next yes. to it. Yes, it is. But I only see it for like a split second, mm-hmm. so my brain didn't quite get it. And since we've recorded on Roman Holiday and we are going to record on the Philadelphia story at yes. some point, I, it's going to happen. It I, absolutely is. I will tie Kia up and force her to watch it like Dude. Clockwork Orange style. I'm just kidding. I was like, you don't have to. I, I love Philadelphia story. It's just a matter of finding it streaming somewhere. Where it's 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 been up for a long time, but we just we've had other stuff going on too. True, but um, anyway, so yeah, the the movie I love the opening the way it started because mm-hmm. it opens with like her talking about the Greek myth it, of soulmates. Well, the um, yeah, I've <laughs> because it opens um, and sort of like the different acts of the movie, we get a title card with a quote and this one opens. It says, love is simply the name of the desire and the pursuit of the whole. And it's a Plato, the symposium. And it goes into, um, we have this voiceover of the ancient Greeks believed humans once had four arms, four legs and a single head made of two faces. We were happy, complete, so complete that the gods fearing our wholeness would quell, would quell our need for worship, cleaved us in two, leaving our split selves to wander the earth in misery, forever longing, longing, longing for the other half of our soul. It is said that when one half finds its other, there's an unspoken understanding, a unity, and each would know no greater joy than this. Of course, the ancient Greeks never went to high school, or they'd realize we don't need the gods to mess things up for us. If you ask me, people spend far too much time looking for someone to complete them. How many people find perfect love? Or if they do, make it last. More evidence of Camus' theory that life is irrational and meaningless. And that, my friends, is some A-plus love philosophy right there. Or A-minus if Mrs. G is in a bad mood. Either way, it's an A or you don't pay. <laughs> it's like setting up like uh-huh. that this is... that. The beginning of this is part of a paper that she is writing for somebody else because yeah. that is how she makes money. She makes a little bit of side cash by selling papers, essays that she's written. I love that you find out very quickly the teacher is in on it. Yes. The teacher's like six essays on, on yeah. Greek love or whatever. Yeah, six, six different takes on Plato. That's really impressive. I don't know like, what you're talking about. I only I, wrote I, the one. Just, just the one. And, and like that. that's really yeah. like... Chef's kiss. You also see her passing out how she passes out the papers in choir, which is clever. Um, You get the introduction of Trig and Aster. Mm -hmm. Um, Trig is a piece of work. The, the, okay. The thing about this movie is that like, it is set in a very small, Mm -hmm. very conservative town. Yes. And so like there, there are things that happen in this movie that I'm just like, holy fuck, this is basically where I grew up. Yeah. (laughs) The fact that there's nothing to do in the town makes me really happy because I'm like, that's, that was my life growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, we see her like biking home. Yeah. We see, we see her like riding her bike. We see her riding her bike to school and it, as per usual in a small town, there's always like that one guy in the class who has a truck and he gives a ride to like mm-hmm. half of the other boys in school. And so you have like 10 dudes piled into one truck. Driving down the road Dri- way faster than they should. Driving be. down the road faster than they should be. Can't say anything as I did that a few times, uh-huh. but you know. And and then you know, as per usual, when they pass her on the road, one of them yells out "Chugga Chugga Choo Choo" because her name is Ellie, Ellie Choo. Choo. And, and yeah, and so you see that we kind of get like the feel of her daily life. Yeah, a little bit. and we we see um, you know her hand, like you mentioned her handing out the. Um, the essays that she's written in in choir in uh in, yeah in the music room and with in the music 
it's during this, the music teacher tells us that, you know, the winter talent show is coming up and it is mandatory that seniors have to participate. Um, and I love this thing. Cause like, again, setting up just that kind of small town thing of like yeah. all of the other kids, like how they're kind of gossiping about one another and, you know, and it takes us through, you know, just this row of like, you know, you have all these girls who are dressed like exactly the same and they're gossiping about this guy mm-hmm. who just tried to text one of them. And then, you know, then we come to Trig and Aster and, you know, it's pointed out that Aster always has her head in a book. And Trig is her boyfriend. I mean, it's it's pretty much as we learned through the movie, it's by default. He's her boyfriend. Yes. Dad, Dad likes him and that's why Trig's her boyfriend. And Trig's got money. That's literally the, which I mean, in a small town, if there's, you know, you're never getting out that Mm -hmm. like, I see why she would, why wouldn't I go for the most comfortable life I can have? Like, I Mm -hmm. get it. Um, I like a lot of movies would vilify that choice (laughs) and they don't do that in here. Like they make it. And and part of that, because this is, I think based a little bit on Alice Wu's actual growing up. And I I think don't, don't quote me on that. Some of it was, yes. But like, that you can tell this movie is made by someone who actually grew up in a smaller town. Mm-hmm. Because, like we said, as people who have grown up in a smaller because... town, when you're watching a show and they're like, oh, we're such a small town, let's go to the movie theater and let's go to the mall, you're not a small town. No. You have a mall and a movie theater. You're not, not a, small a small town, town. anymore. Like, I, I grew up 45 minutes from a town yes. with a movie theater and a Walmart and a... We called it the small. It's not a mall. It's the small. Yeah. But... Right. It's it's basically just a plaza. It's like well, it's like a, there there used to be a lot more stores, but then yeah. the town was slowly dying. It's coming back to life a little bit more now. Mm-hmm. But but for a time, like that was what it is. The town I grew up in, techn- like like you want to talk about like my my, what's the word? My like mail mail address. The town had a hundred and something people mm-hmm. and a post office, and that was it. Yeah, like there used to be a gas station, grocery store, and it closed because it didn't have enough business. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's when I say I grew up in a small town, my, I didn't even go to school in the town that like I received my mail in. Yeah. We had to drive it. Like we caught, we got the bus cause the school bus covered our area, of course, mm-hmm. but we, and we only had to ride a bus for about a half hour, tw- 20 minutes to a half hour, but it was only like a 10 minute drive. Mm-hmm. And my school was less than 400 people K through 12. Yeah. They opened they had two kindergarten classes my senior year. And that was a huge deal. It's like wow, we had so many kids yeah, in two my, kindergarten classes. My hometown was it's bigger than yours, mm-hmm. but I like not been much in that mm-hmm. like the like the population of where I grew up is twelve hundred people. Mm-hmm. And we have we we don't have <laughs> like like when I tell people like, yeah, this is where I grew up. Like we're we're like we're too small to even like need a stoplight. Mm-hmm. Um and it's it's all it's all like farm like mm-hmm. it's all like it's all agriculture we have um we like where i grew up we have uh two gas stations and within the past uh within the past 10 years we've gotten like the town has gotten a dollar general Mm-hmm. That was a big deal. That was a, that's when, a huge deal. When the Dollar General opened, just because it opened, the town I went to school in mm-hmm. had the school, the gas station, and a church. A couple mm-hmm. of churches. Yeah, a yeah. couple of churches. <laughs> my, yeah. But when they opened the Dollar General, my mom was so excited. My my town has three churches. And, like, one of them is Presbyterian, one is Baptist, and I, I think the other one's Lutheran. I don't mm-hmm. remember. But, yeah, we have we have three churches. 
Um, the only business, other than there are two gas stations, one of them is more like a convenience store because you can go in and mm-hmm. you can get like hot food. The yeah, other yeah, one yeah. is just strictly a gas station. Um, and like you can go in and get sodas and stuff like that. But, you know, one of them has like a fish special on Friday. So it's, yeah, it's yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we, uh, but yeah, the only business that has been able to maintain like longevity in this town, like where I grew up is the pharmacy because Mm -hmm. everything else, like we had, there were two grocery stores when I was really little. They both, they both have gone out. The, um, there, there have been like, there was a video store and you know, there have been various restaurants and the restaurants, none of them last more than like four or five years. And so, I've I've seen like so many restaurants come in and out of town and you know just that that sort of like you you might have like one good restaurant that hangs around for a while but then mm-hmm. it's gone. And yeah, the only the only one that has had any kind of staying power is the pharmacy. And that's because like that is like an essential service. <laughs> yeah, that's the the gas station which is where I worked coincidentally my senior year mm-hmm. of high school. It had the deli it had the gas station. It had a little bit of a convenience store. Mm-hmm. And it's right on um, one of the major highways that goes mm-hmm. from Branson to Little Rock. Yeah. That's that's why it stays open is because he mm-hmm. had all the truckers stop in. It actually burnt down after I graduated high school. <laughs> and the guy rebuilt it. Yeah. And his family owns that gas station thing. And I love the owner. Like, this isn't Ethan down the owner. They own that one. And then they own one in the the other small like right outside of like this other small town about 40 minutes away mm-hmm. like like they own both ends like the, that's yeah. the only stores i think there's another one that, that opened up in the past two years but mm-hmm. other than that like that family wonderful people but they they have a monopoly on, <laughs> on the gas stations in the area and then there was a hardware store attached to that yeah. gas station that i think he technically owned as well but i never worked there because it wasn't like it was connected to the building, but mm-hmm. it wasn't actually part of the... But yeah, that in the post this, office. There's not even yeah. a pharmacy. Yeah. So when we watch these movies where it's like, the, this is a small town, this one felt like a small oh, town. Oh, absolutely. And and I was I was reading through some of the trivia, and um, somebody wanted to cut the mudding scene. Oh, good Lord. That's so real. Yeah. Somebody somebody wanted to cut it, and Alice Wee was like, absolutely not. She's like, because this scene, like, tells you everything you need to know about the people in this town. And I was it's like, true. yes, absolutely. It, it's true. Like, I, I remember after prom, when I was growing up, growing up <laughs> um, after prom, there were two parties mm-hmm. that I was aware of. And this is, and our prom was always junior, senior, because there wasn't enough people to just do a senior prom. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, ours, what, ours was junior, senior. To tell you the kind of people, one guy, I loved this guy, to like he's passed now, and I adored him. He held a, I would say mass orgy in a field. I don't know if it was an orgy, <laughs> I didn't go. But he held a giant bonfire yeah. in, a, in a field. Uh-huh. And then... My, the other people in my class, like some of the other people in my class, like like six or eight of them went to someone's basement and hung out for the evening. Yeah. I did not go to either of those parties because my parents threw the church party. Mm -hmm. So me and he who shall not be named, my friend. uh, (laughs) And, uh, and then a couple of good, good people from the younger kid, like, like, you know I mean? The good girls. Yeah. They brought their boyfriends to, uh-huh. to that to the party my parents and his parents threw mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah it, it was just one of those like weird like things and 
I never, no one was ever mean to me about it or anything like that. Like I mm-hmm. didn't, you couldn't have clicks in our school because there weren't enough people to click. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, it was it was a little. Bit, I mean, we still we still had clicks. I mean, we had them, but they weren't as bad. I should say. Yeah, we we still had clicks in in my high school. In it was because it was a little bit different because at the time I graduated in two thousand three, my class was the largest graduating class we had ever had in the history of my school. Wow. And we had sixty people, and five of those were foreign exchange students. That would have been a massive class. Yes, and. We and so because we had the biggest class and like we we like we had always been a big class from kindergarten all the mm-hmm. way through, and so because of that, because we had more people, it was a little bit easier to kind of have clicks. Yeah, yeah. Just because there were more people, but even then, we still everybody's still kind of intertwined and in oh yeah you know, there was enmeshed no, like, and and things floated, like that. But there were I would say there were three clicks in my school. Yeah, there were. It's going to sound so weird, but you're going to understand me. There were normal people, mm-hmm. there were the outsiders, and there were the smokers. Yeah. Like, those are the three cliques. And I, the, the outsiders and the, the normal people, mm-hmm. I hate saying normal people, but it, it was the quote-unquote biggest clique, if you will. Yes. I floated between the two. Mm-hmm. Like, like I never was in fully in one or the other. And, but yeah, so like, like this movie, just like, I will say that feel, yeah. they, Alice Wu nailed it. Yeah, and like, absolutely. I wasn't, I was an outsider, but I wasn't as much of an outsider as Ellie is. Mm-hmm. Um, my family was very involved in churches and and, and, and yeah, stuff and like that's that. that's that's the other thing that this that this movie nails is that being in such a small town, literally the only like recreational activities you have available to mm-hmm. you are through your church. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> like, the schools don't have the money because they're not big enough. Like. The school that I, I graduated from has now combined with three with two other schools, mm-hmm. so that they have a sports teams that they have a sports teams they have sports teams that can play in the bigger groups because like there was literally one of the schools they combined with had one one or two basketball players one year and that was it yeah you can't you can't play that no you can't and and so they've actually combined now it was very weird because they had my school is no longer the mascot that it was which you know is probably a good thing because it, it was the warriors which isn't the most you know it's yeah. bo- it's borderline it's borderline <laughs> and we definitely painted like like mascots with headdresses and things like that like mm-hmm. that was in the big center of the floor um now to be fair there are a number of native american people like descended but i don't think it counts <laughs> no <laughs> but but now they're the bears mm-hmm. i think that's what they are now which is super weird for me <laughs> but but yeah you you grow up in this town where you only have your church and occasionally little things in your school and that's it like yeah i tried to start a theater department like i wanted to because i desperately love theater and it, it's something that it's one of the reasons i couldn't get into it in college is mm-hmm. because i there there was a learning curve and i didn't i mm-hmm. couldn't compete um i tried I, yeah i i wanted to like at college i like i really wanted to be involved in the theater department but like i had no idea how to like scale that mountain i tried clicks yeah man Um, oh they were but like i went to like the two teachers in the school that i trusted because let's be honest there were not a lot of great that's the other thing there's always not always a lot of great teachers there are some really excellent ones Mm -hmm. but like you have your english teacher like in this movie yep that is gonna be like no you can do this you can go to college you can be better that that was my 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 English teachers. My English teacher cool. was like that too. His name was Mr. Well, Rogers, and he he wasn't quite. Will you be my neighbor? But he was amazing. I'll be this like 
three of the four English teachers that I had were stellar. The other one, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> the one that I had junior and senior year, not so much. <laughs> My junior high English teacher liked to yell at people that didn't exist. Um, that was an, a weird year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like, like, you know how it is. Like you grow yeah. up, but I went to that one teacher and, and another one and asked them if they'd be willing to sponsor it. And they were like, I'm sorry, I just have too much outside other stuff that I do. I, mm-hmm. I can't, I don't have the time. And honestly, there would probably have only been three of us in it. Yeah. Like, well, the, yeah, the, and, and so like looking at stuff like that, like, like what she does to play the piano, I, I literally got piano lessons from, they were given to me, but because they thought, and, and you know this, but it's still funny. My grandmother, Lord Lover, bless her, she's gone now. She believed in her soul that I was born to be a pastor's <laughs> wife. Okay. That's fine. I, that's, if Give, I had fallen in love with a pastor, sure. Given, given your upbringing, sure, I can see it. But every good pastor's wife has to be able to play the piano. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. So that was one of those I, things. I, I can see yeah i can see her having that belief <laughs> but it would just like, be it's it would it's just not be beneficial yeah. to, to yeah. your your spouse i am not a great piano player i took lessons for five six years i've never became a great piano player i became an okay piano player i never can play with people singing with me it's horrible i'm too much of a perfectionist it's bad but that was the like so i understand like the mentality of her playing the piano because she plays the piano in church and i love that she's like dad likes you because you're your favorite heathen, heathen because he can't even for for even for for someone who's was they don't say saved they say i don't know what they say but for someone who yeah. who is in the faith he doesn't matter it's like you he, he can't forgive bad music it doesn't yeah <laughs> he can't handle a bad accompanist yeah so funny i loved that line so hard oh but yeah, so like we we see that like she has this this life set mm-hmm. up. We see her watching TV with her father. They're watching Casablanca. Yeah, and, and her well, father says just just a couple of yeah. of couple of little notes here. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that was oops. Um, you know, we like talking about Aster always having her head in a book, and you know the choir starts singing, and we see like Ellie kind of staring at at Aster. Yeah. Um and then we have a voiceover that says in case you haven't guessed this is not a love story or not one where anyone gets what they want. Mm-hmm. And then we see Paul, our yeah. other main character. I love Paul. Paul is he's running track and or he's like conditioning for football for whatever. Football, yeah. Um they're running laps or whatever and you see Paul he's running out and so the the window to the music room is open and Paul stops and he's listening because Aster is singing. And, and so, and then we see him later. He kind of, I forgot that happened before. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and then we see him kind of, you know, stopping and staring down the hall at Ellie because Mm -hmm. it's at this point, like everybody Everybody knows, everybody knows, you know, the, the, the business, the side business that, that Ellie is running. he, He chases Ellie down and asks her, literally asks her to, to write, help him write a love letter to mm-hmm. Aster, and I love her responses. Get a thesaurus, spell check. Good luck, Romeo. Yeah, like she's she's not into it. She's not going to do that. That's that's not a thing. Yeah. And so then we see her go home, and like I said, watch Casablanca with her dad. And her dad's like, "Wait, wait, this is the best part." Yeah. And, and her, her dad is clearly English is not his first language. He's still struggling to learn English. Mm-hmm. Um, they they speak Chinese to each other. I think it's Mandarin. They speak Mandarin yes. um, to each other. And I, I watch a lot of, I'm actually watching a Chinese drama right now. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, this is familiar. <laughs> yeah. But. 
But she but she yeah. asks him if he called the power company, yeah. and and he says, you know, well they they can't. He's like, you know, it's no use. They can't understand my accent. She's like, but did you try? Yeah, because her big thing with her dad, it seems to be as we look through the movie, he doesn't try. Yeah, he he just sits on the couch and watches old movies to learn English, quote unquote. But yeah, is that really what he's doing, or is he just checking out? Yeah. Um. And so we we see her the next day. She's on the phone like half the day with, and avoiding Paul. Avoid like studiously avoiding Paul. Yeah, like she's on the phone like for half the day, like with the power company, trying to get another extension on their power bill. And the um and the company tells her that she um. The company tells you, like, if she doesn't pay a minimum of $50, then it will be cut off, mm-hmm. like, tomorrow. And while she's on the phone in, in, in uh, on hold or whatever, yeah. she runs into Aster. Yes. Drops her books everywhere, and she sees that Aster is reading Remains of the Day. And, yeah, it's like, Aster, yeah, she... It's not that she runs into Astrid; she bumps into That's somebody. Meant, like, yeah, she runs into like, like yeah. Collides. She she bumps into somebody and drops her That's things, it. and then Astrid her, pick her up. Astrid yeah. helps her pick up her stuff, and so Ellie just kind of she blurts out, "I'm Ellie Chew." Yeah, I know. And Astor says, you know, this is where she says, you've only been playing in my dad's services every Sunday for like four years. You're his favorite heathen. He can't handle mediocre accompanists, even if they are saved. Yeah, and then you know she she sees this um this book. That Ellie has dropped, and she says, "Remains of the day." Loved it. All that barely repressed longing. Um, and so then you know, Ellie like Aster goes to leave, and Ellie is watching her walk off, and you just it's it's the dirty dancing. I carried a watermelon like yeah. moment of her just like why why did I say like why did I say that why yeah. did I say that? And then this is where we find out you know the she has to pay a minimum of fifty dollars. And she sees Paul at the end of the hallway. And, and tells him, fine, one letter, $50. $50. And so they go to discuss the letter's contents in the church, which this is the other, like, this threw me, like, it took my brain a little bit to come around to what uh-huh. was happening. They're a Catholic church. Yeah. I did not realize that because Catholic priests cannot be married and have children. So it really threw me that her dad was preaching in the church until they have the scene where you see the priest in the back randomly yelling during the service. I was like, oh, I now follow what is happening here. Yeah. But, but yeah, so they're in the church and they read through the letter. The, the, this is Paul's, this is the letter that Paul has written. Yeah. And he basically, cause he had told Ellie, he's, he's like, I just, I just need, I, I just need words. I need good ones <laughs> because he knows his letter is not up to par Yeah, and he wants help with it. So this is what he has written. Dear Aster Flores, I think you're really beautiful. Even if you were ugly, I'd want to know you, because you're smart and nice, too. It's hard to find all those things in one girl. But even if you were only two of those things, I'd be into it. But you're, like, all three, just to be clear. About me. Some people think I'm the cutest one in my family. Those people being my grandma, who's dead now. Never mind about my dead grandma. All I'm saying is that I like fries. I like dipping them in my milkshake. Is that weird? It's actually really tasty. Would you like to try that with me sometime? I work part-time and I have a truck. Let me know whenever. Thanks. Paul Munsky, second string, sorry, second string tight end football. For the record, <laughs> dipping your fries in your milkshake is delicious. That is it, absolutely It's correct. absolutely great. 
I fight with my husband about this on a, like any time it's this a, happens. It's a great combination of sweet and salty. Yes, it's something I've loved since I was a child. This is this is why you do things like put M and M's in your popcorn at the movies. See, I've never been one for that. But like, we would go to Dairy Queen after church every Sunday night, mm-hmm. and when you were a kid, they used to give you like a free ice cream. Yeah. I would save, I get like a dilly bar. I don't know if you know what a dilly bar is. I fucking, absolutely, I, I know I chocolate it... off the outside and stick my fries in. <laughs> I was like 10, but still. That's great. Yeah, that's what I would do. But anyway, so I love that. Like, Paul is a sweetie. Okay, Paul is like the perfect example of a himbo. Yes. He really, he is... He's, he's a, such a good boy. He's he's a fucking Labrador. He, he really is. is. He is. He is just it just like a lab grown he just, himbo. He just doesn't word <laughs> like, so good. Like he, he, he doesn't could, he doesn't word so good. He's not that smart, but he's a cute kid and he's and, and good he heart. and he drinks his respect women juice. Yeah, he has such a good heart as a person. Yes. And, like oh, he's just such a sweet boy. And and so, you know, Ellie kind of reads this letter out loud and then and you she's can like, see the look on her she, face of she, oh god. She's like, "So, what you're trying to say is I'm in love with her. Uh, have you ever spoken to her? I'm not good with words, but you know you love her. I know I think about her when I wake up and when I'm doing my sprints and when I'm eating my mom's bratwurst and when I'm saying my prayers. That just means you're stubborn, not that you're in love. Great line. No, it it's love. Love makes you screwy. Don't you get screwy? No. Oh, I I get it. You've never been in love. You want a letter about love? I'll show you a letter about love. And she gives him back his letter and storms out. And then I but I love this. Like she stands up and she's starting to walk out of the church and he and Paul is just going, one that'll make her fall in love with me, not storm off in a huff like you. Yeah, that was so good. <laughs> but so um, then we have more of, of, um, Ellie is at home with her dad and this time he's watching a French movie Yes, and like, she's chiding him of like, okay, like you're just sitting here watching a movie and like, it's not even an American movie so you can learn English. And he's just like, shh, this is the best part. Um, but it's, um, there's, there's a line in the movie that, like, it triggers something in Ellie. And so she's able to start writing this letter. She uses to quote. Ask, she yeah. uses the quote from the movie to, to start writing to Aster. Um, and then this is where we get another mm-hmm. title card. It says, in love, one always starts by deceiving oneself and ends by deceiving others. That is what the world calls a romance. Oscar Wilde. Love Oscar Wilde. Oscar Wilde is great. Um, so, <laughs> so we see... Paul, we don't we don't really get the contents of this first letter that that Ellie writes, and so but then we see Paul chasing after Ellie and telling her that Aster wrote back, and all Aster's note says is I like Wim Wenders too. Wouldn't have plagiarized him though, and so Paul is immediately like, Who is Wim Wenders and why did you cheat off him? I didn't cheat off him. No, no, no. I looked up plagiarize. <laughs> like oh. okay, I kind of cheated. I kind of cheated off of him. He's like, but I paid you. No, this is good. It's like a game. She's she's challenging us, but in a good way. So we're still in the game. We are. So yay. <laughs> so she goes home and writes a new letter, but this one much more honest. Yeah, dear Aster. Okay, you got me. I sometimes hide behind other people's words. For one thing, I know nothing about love. I'm 17. I've lived in Squahamish my whole life. If I knew what love was, I'd quote myself. Which is just such a fucking great line. Uh-huh. I love it so much. Um, but Paul, 
Paul, this is where Paul is like reading the letter and he's like, Paul is talking about how the letter is just, like is a downer. And he's like, no, like we just, it's like, we just need to text Aster, Aster and ask her to hang out. And she's like, no, 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 no. Like, we're not it, to that phase yet. We're, we're not to that yet. It's way too early. And she's like, besides, what is hanging out? And he's like, you just, you, you hang out. Because Ellie is very solitary. She doesn't just yeah. hang out with because people. We we see her like working at the train The depot, train station, train yeah. Train depot st- station. And like she signals, because that's her dad's job. And so she helps, essentially mm-hmm. helps out with it. Yeah. We only see her dad doing it at the end of the movie. She's basically mm-hmm. doing her dad's job. And yeah, so, so she, everything about her says alone, except for when she's with her dad. Yeah. Like. She's and, just... even, and even then, they're kind of in their own little bubbles. Yeah. Um, but we, we see her, you know, this is kind of an important thing that comes up later. We see her alone in her room and she's playing her, she's playing a guitar. Yes. Um, and so she's, she's kind of in the process of writing something, like writing a song. Um, mm-hmm. But I love this. Aster, um, Aster writes back and and says, you know, did you know it takes 11 muscles to yawn? That's the sort of weird fact I find, my, I find myself recalling to keep myself from, well, yawning or showing anything I feel really. So, yeah, I turn to other people's words, too. And we see they're in church and Aster is she's what because Trig is sitting several pews ahead of her and Trig is taking selfies in church. Trig is one of those boys like, yeah. And, and even Trig, I'm going to say this, even Trig is not a bad guy. No, he's not. He's, he's a, just, he's not a great guy. He's very shallow. Yeah. that That's yeah, yeah. the thing is that he, he's just a very shallow yeah. guy. And, um, and then, you know, Trig is taking selfies and then I love Aster just kind of shakes her head and then goes back to surreptitiously reading off the Kindle app on her phone because she's hidden it in her hymn book. And she's reading remains of the day. <laughs> she's reading remains of the day. Um, but she continues in the letter and says, when you're a pretty girl, and I know that makes me sound conceited, but that's why you're even writing to me, right? When you're a pretty girl, people want to give you things. What they really want is to make you like them, not like them as in, I like you, but like them as in, I am like you. Like, so I'm like a lot of people, which makes me kind of a no one. And then <laughs> we see once again, Paul is asking to text Aster. <laughs> and Ellie's just like, no, it's too soon. Because if you do, then Aster is going to think you're just like everybody else. Um, but Ellie writes back, I never really thought about the oppression of fitting in before. The good thing about being different is that no one expects you to be like them. Aster replies, doesn't everyone think that they're different, but pretty much we're all different in the same way. And here's where we see Aster accidentally drops the letter under her seat in English class. Yes. Um, because Trig is outside honking at her and it's like, babe, come on, it's tacos. <laughs> so she kind of rolls her eyes and goes to, goes to meet Trig, but ends up dropping the letter do we see the bathroom like the bathroom this scene? this is okay. right here um oh, yeah right, right 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 this this is right here um at we see aster drop the letter in english class and then ellie we see ellie in the bathroom and ellie is washing her hands and um aster comes in and because the stalls are full aster is standing there waiting and um they're aster and ellie are kind of stealing glances at one another and then they kind of meet eyes in the, the mirror the shot there is gorgeous it's, i love it because it's all really you're just watching the mirror you yeah can't that's see. that's all you're doing it's, it's so nice like, you're, it's so it, good. Oh, i love it um but you know like i said they they kind of finally meet eyes and then you know an aster smiles at her but there are two girls in 
there are two girls in the stalls and they're having a conversation and these two girls um they talk they start talking about trig and aster and how lucky aster is to have Be- someone like trig yeah because trig's family owns half of Squamish, and you know which is lucky for her because aster's family doesn't even own their house which you know in and aster aster leaves the bathroom aster walks out yeah because she's embarrassed obviously yeah. Which, which is why, guys, before you before you gossip in the bathroom, make sure nobody else is there. Like, just a thought. Oh, yeah. I, I ran into this situation a lot of times. Well, the school that I went to apparently took the doors off the bathrooms. So, um, can't, can't, people were smoking too much. They kept, so they took the, like, outside doors. There were still stall doors. But they took the outside doors off the bathroom. So you wouldn't have really been able to get away with it yeah. <laughs> anymore. Um, <laughs> but then, but I, I, now that wasn't when I was there, thank goodness, because I could yeah. have dealt with that. But The... Um, but Aster, Aster does walk out, walk out, and I love this shot. The shot is on Ellie as she is walking down the hallway, but as she walks past and we see her walk past Aster and Aster is on the left side of the screen and Aster is looking across the hallway at Paul mm-hmm. and then, and we see Paul is standing there holding his phone and he's looking at Aster yeah. and Ellie is just walking down the middle of this. And I don't know, there is something about the composition of this shot. I, I fucking love it. I mean, this it. is only Alice Wu's second movie to direct. Yeah, I know. And she does a, a, like I said, I think that's where the pacing thing comes in. Yeah. No, it's a second movie, but I really like the shots in it are like art, art like there's no other way of looking at it speaking of art (laughs) yes well first we have uh the english teacher oh right finds the letter and immediately pulls ellie because she recognizes the handwriting she recognizes it and she immediately pulls ellie into her classroom and she says so this is why half of my class is failing their essays and ellie says i'll i'll reopen for business soon enough because this can't go on much longer and there we have in a letter, Aster is saying, I've been thinking about what you said about seeing and not seeing. I had a painting teacher once tell me that the difference between a good painting and a great painting is typically five strokes. And they're usually the five boldest strokes in the painting. The question, of course, is which five strokes? And Ellie's reply is, I get it. After one slaved away at making a pretty good painting, the last thing you'd want to do is make a bold stroke and potentially ruin everything. And Aster says, yeah, that's why I gave up painting. But still, I wonder if, if that's how I'm living my life. It's a pretty good life. Probably the best life one could hope for in Squamish. And Ellie says, perhaps. But how well do you really know Squamish? And so the letter includes coordinates. And um, and I didn't catch this the first time that I watched the movie. But apparently it's on it's on the butcher shop. Where, <laughs> where, um, where Paul. So that's Paul's dad that comes pa- It's Paul's end. dad, yeah. It's Paul's dad that comes running out. Um, but we just see this we just see this blank wall mm-hmm. and spray painted on it, it says it says any five strokes and there are two cans of spray paint. And, and now we've been the graffiti flirting, is what yes. I called it. Yes, we do. We get the graffiti flirting of they go Ellie and Aster kind of go back and forth painting little bits of wall and leaving commentary for one another and then somebody i'm guessing paul's dad will come out and like paint over the everything the one painting she did though yes. like right before paul's dad painted over it was gorgeous yes and aster like she paints this like really lovely portrait of this kind of kind of like a woman like reaching for a star yeah like it's it's really pretty um and then paul's dad paints over it yeah and then paul's <laughs> 
Um, I love that that's Paul's dad. That that makes that even funnier for me. Well, yeah, because like I didn't pay attention to it the first time that I watched this movie, but watching it last night is like he comes out and he's wearing he's wearing like yeah. a butcher's apron like with blood all over it, and so I was like, oh, okay, yeah. So I guess it's because Paul's dad. Paul's family, as we find out very quickly, makes makes the the meat in town. They're the butchers. Yeah, they're the they, butcher they have the family sausage recipe. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, but once again, they kind of reiterate of, you know, if you do ruin your painting, you've got to know that you have it, that you have everything in you to get to that pretty good painting again. But if you never do the bold stroke, you'll never know if you could have had a great painting. Um, but (laughs) so then we have Paul and Ellie and Paul is asking like, when does the dating start? And and Ellie is like, no, 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 this is dating. And he says, no, dating is burgers and fries and shakes and maybe another order of fries. (laughs) It's like, I'm, I'm going to text her. It's like, at a certain point, you got to close. And so he texts Aster a bunch of emojis, a bunch of emojis of a burger, um, fries and like milkshake emojis. And he says tonight and he spelled it T O N I T E. Yeah. And he spelled it tonight. And he says, I have truck emoji and then a smile emoji and an exclamation point. And so Aster is confused this is while she's looking at this is the mudding scene is the mudding scene there's a bunch of dumb dummies doing donuts in a field in i mean not just donuts but yeah in their they're, trucks they're they're spinning out in the mud and in like trucks, splashing mud everywhere because that's that's mudding yep. and um and so like aster is sitting and she's with like five or six other girls from the school and all these other girls are literally dressed exactly the same. They're wearing jeans and pink shirts and jean jackets. Paul, and, and they're all like, ass or not Aster, uh, Trig, Trig. Trig. Yeah. Like they all love Trig. Yeah. Everybody loves Trig. And Aster is just kind of there. Yeah. She's set apart from everyone. Yes. And, yeah. and she's dressed completely differently. Yeah. And, um, I mean, she gets this text and she's confused and, we see on like Paul's on Paul's end, we see the phone. And so it's like, we have the little ellipses that, you know, Aster is like starting to text and then it goes away and they're like, fuck, we blew it. And so Ellie grabs the phone and says, little sister hacked my phone. Can we take this to a safer platform? Ghost messenger. My handle is Smith Corona. Who's Smith Corona? Just a guy. <laughs> it's a type of typewriter. <laughs> but you know, it's Paul is a sweetie. Like, yeah. It's just, Paul is a dumbo and we love him anyway. And but Aster Aster ends up texting back, so where are those fry emojis? And um and so we have we we have the first date between first Paul and date. Aster. And Ellie is trying to info dump on Paul of like, okay, you're reading Remains of the Day. And if she talks like if she talk, you know, if she brings up Remains of the Day, you're um, you know, like like make sure to mention that, you know, in in the movie that, you know, they, they could have done more like, you know, with the Nazis and blah blah blah. Yeah. And then he's just like, dude, chill. This is just a date. Like, We're not a, gonna do a book report. Yeah, it's a date, not a book report. And immediately he gets in and Aster hands him a signed copy of Remains of the Day. Which, wow. Because she, she drove all night to get to Powell's books. Uh, to get two copies of it. To, well, like, yeah. yeah, and got two two copies signed by Kazuo Ishigura. Um And so, <laughs> so now Paul is like, uh, Nazis. <laughs> 
Well, Aster mentions that she can't stay long because her dad is strict. So she has yeah. to be home by a so That's why they had to meet like at this out of the way place. Mm-hmm. And because her dad is really strict. But yeah, the just conversation, it's just, it's absolutely and a no go. Paul is so clearly nervous and he isn't talking because Paul isn't a big talker anyway. He's not. Also, they have absolutely zero in common. They, they have nothing in common. And, and so the next day Ellie tells Paul, like, this is over. And he says, you know, he and Aster have nothing in common. Like there's never going to be anything happening between them. And this is probably one of my favorite moments of the entire movie mm-hmm. of the, the assholes in the truck who drive mm-hmm. by and every day yell chugga chugga choo choo at Ellie as she's driving by. They drive by, they yell it. And Paul, because like Ellie is, every morning it's like Ellie is riding a bike and Paul is kind of like jogging alongside her. Yeah. And he's using it for training. He's clearly. using, he's basically training. Yeah. And, and so these guys drive by, they yell at Ellie and Paul starts chasing after. Well, cause Paul's not even with her anymore. Paul's, you think yeah. Paul's left because she said it's not happening. So you don't see Paul. And then the, the trucks drive by Paul bolts out he, of the Oh, and he, Paul starts. With start, a rock. Yeah. He, he like, he throws a rock at the truck and he's like, who are you calling Choo Choo? What kind of wusses say dumb shit and then drive away? Yeah, you better run. As the truck, like he's chasing the truck. So great. Um, and so, but then later, you know, and that's the, where the, we really start the Cyrano plot. Like she, yes, is, because Paul stood up for her, and he is the first person to ever do that. It doesn't hurt that it's Aster, but yeah, but because of that, she's like, okay, I'm in. Like, yeah, like this, he is a good person. They, yeah, they they continue, you know, having this conversation throughout the day, and she says, you know, Abster Flores thinks you're into abstract art and repressed Br- British literature. None of that is you. It could be. I started reading that Remains of the Day book. I fell asleep a few times, but I'm still reading it. To, that, to be fair, that is, that, a, that is, I can see that. Yeah. He's, he's like, well, that's got to count for something. There are no points for effort. Isn't that what love is? How much effort you put into loving someone? Whatever love is, we just blew it with Aster Flores. And then Aster sends a message and is like, so that was weird. <laughs> and so now Paul... Paul, like, he offers to pay Ellie double. And she's like, he's like, it, no, like, you don't have to pay. And he's like, don't be weird, dude. Why else would you be, like, why else would you do this? He's like, besides, I've got savings. And so now she is going to educate him. She, they have three weeks to, to crash course. They've, they've told her that he is busy with football. And so they yeah. like, can't do a thing for three weeks. So she is hard teaching him like she's she's writing on the walls of the the uh an abandoned train car the abandoned and train car the the even the little box that she the, the i forgot what it's called that the station person sits in yeah she's like she is writing all over everything existentialism philadelphia story mm-hmm. uh, i've the um um well, <laughs> first i love that this this becomes one of my favorite running gags throughout the movie of um Mr. Chu from the window upstairs, he sees Ellie and Paul mm-hmm. and out the window, he points the um, kitchen sink faucet hose <laughs> at Paul and it's like demanding to know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. But then, um, but yeah, one of, one of the courses that they're talking about is, um, is, you know, which is the better Hepburn and, and, and Ellie says, you know, the, the key thing about the Philadelphia story is that it's a plea for tolerance. One, and, and that was, that, that is actually like yeah. what it's about is Tracy has to learn to be tolerant of other people's foibles. Yep. Not necessarily tolerance in a like racial or, or anything like that mm-hmm. sense. It's 
it like I can't wait to talk about this movie now. I'm even more excited to talk about Philadelphia Story I know. than I was before. I wrote I started to write like about Philadelphia Story and I went, wait, that's not this movie. Nope. Like I had to like steer my notes back on topic. But um, yeah, because like the whole point of that movie and and it's interesting that movie is a traditional love triangle and this is an untra- untraditional love mm-hmm. triangle. Like there there are like similarities mm-hmm. that can be drawn to the movie. But because the whole point of Philadelphia Story when we get to it, you'll understand. But it is literally Tracy has to realize that other people aren't perfect and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And accept the fact that she's not perfect. Mm-hmm. And in accepting that is able to like right the wrong she has done against the two most important men in her life. Yeah. Like I actually found a whole essay on it. I was so fascinated. I wanted to keep reading, <laughs> but I didn't. But yeah, like I, I Philadelphia Story is a movie that I've loved for a long time. So you knew that that was going to make mm-hmm. me like salivate i was like more of that more of that they actually are watching philadelphia story yep. in two or three different scenes in the movie um it's but yeah they it, talk about it's, it's during yeah they, they talk about that and they play ping pong conversation is like ping pong conversation is like ping pong um also during this paul has created the taco sausage the taco sausage yep um and and then we see like you know they're they're basically like they're spying on aster they're stalking her they're, Let's they're not stalking even... but this i love this moment <laughs> They they follow her to a movie, and they're and it's it's a um, it's like a movie festival is going on, and it's it's horror movies. And while um, while the rest of the audience is like shrieking in terror, Aster is laughing at something that's happening on screen. And I'm like, oh, that has been me in many a <laughs> B horror movie, and and so just Aster starts laughing, and Paul is sitting a few rows behind Aster, and he kind of turns around. <laughs> to look at Ellie who's sitting a few rows behind him and Ellie just starts furiously taking notes. It cracks me up. So um, good. But, but yeah, then they, they, we have like this long montage of them. Yeah. Like, watching what kind of books she, she reads, watching where she likes to go. It is a little 10 things I hate about you. With, a little bit. With yeah. The, like, let's find out what cat likes. Yeah. And, and then we have their Ellie and Paul are in his truck and they're kind of, they're, they're spying on Aster's family during dinner. Mm-hmm. And while, while they're sitting in the truck, Paul asks, you know, why Ellie is in Squamish since she and her dad both seem unhappy there. And he says, you know, it's just that you're too, it's just that you're smart, too smart to, and he trails off because Ellie interrupts and she's like, what, waste my time trying to win you a girl who never look your way. He's like it. It just seems weird. You're weird, and 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 then like she gets out of the truck and she starts to storm off. And because you know conversation is like ping pong, and like you have to give some things. And they've they've you know they've been talking about existentialism, and they've been talking about Sartre, oh, so good, and and all this, and you know they've been talking about no exit, and and he just doesn't under he hasn't like really understood, and it's you know this idea of. You know, like this idea of hell. Like, why wouldn't you just leave? Why, why wouldn't you just leave? And, and so finally, like, she starts to storm off and he, he yells at, he yells out after her. The thing about no exit is it's like how I really want to run my own taco, how I want to really run my own shop with new recipes. And FYI, the taco sausage is really effing good. But I'm the fourth son and my family's been making the same sausage for 49 years and it doesn't matter if they're going broke or out of style, they're Nana's recipes. If Ma can't have Nana, at least she can make her sausages. And if I break away, it'll break her heart. So it's either break her heart or mine. So I stay. So he does get it. He gets it. And and so Ellie 
she relents and she gets back in the truck. The other interesting thing about that is it, mm-hmm. it shows you that what someone teaching you and actually putting an effort into making you understand something, you can teach almost anyone something like mm-hmm. a, a difficult concept like that. If you just take the time, like mm-hmm. I love that because at the beginning, Sartre and all that doesn't mean a thing to him mm-hmm. and he still probably couldn't discuss it in a like literary setting. Yeah. But I love the, because there is, I mean, I'm an English major and I can say this. There's an inherent degree of snobbiness that comes around oh, absolutely. With, with that kind of thing that I always hated. And I know you hate. But, like, certain teachers at our school were like that. Like, the pink ribbon. I mean... <laughs> I knew you were going to bring just, it up. But I'm just saying, like, like also, you can take something difficult and break it down and, and teach someone. Yeah. And I love that, like, their friendship is partially built on her teaching Paul mm-hmm. existentialism, which is not something that, like, you would think is going to be... Yeah, man. ...a main foundation of your friendship. <laughs> Like, <laughs> I just, I really enjoyed that, that he finally yeah. got it. And that's what, for her, that signifies, oh, he is maybe worthy of Aster, but also he's my friend. Yeah. Like, no matter what she tries to deny, they have formed a relationship. They have. And I I like that that's kind of the signifier that they've formed a relationship and he's not a complete idiot. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not Eric Matthews. No. You know, he's not, he's not a moron. So she gets back in the truck and tells him why why they came to Squamish. And she tells him, like, we had to go where my dad could get a job. He studied trains, engineering, PhD, no less. So he became the station manager at Squamish. To start, the plan was to be promoted to system engineer or anything engineer. Squamish was a jumping off point. It turns out speaking good English trumps having a PhD or one from China anyway. Mm-hmm. And my dad, he doesn't speak very good he's not bad i don't speak very good either (laughs) because paul finishes the sentence it doesn't speak very good like yeah my dad and she stops and he finishes it and so she gets like defensive like he's not bad he goes no no no. i don't speak good either like like, he wasn't meaning anything (laughs) yeah the the, like back and forth interplay there is it's it's just the friendship is building so good and like anytime anyone puts down your own parents you gotta like Oh, yeah. He's like, but, you know, you ain't coming from my parents. I can say whatever I want about them. You. Yeah. <laughs> you cannot. <laughs> they were my. So then they're like, okay, it's, we've been sitting here long enough. Like, we need to eat. And so they start to go, like, Paul asks her to come over to his house. And when they get there, it is fucking pandemonium. My God. I was like, Paul has the chaos family. Good to know. Paul has the chaos family. And so, so they end up going to Ellie's and it's just her in her chair, her dad in his, and Paul sitting on the floor and they're all eating like frozen, like Marie calendar pot pies. Uh And Paul is just as happy. He looks so happy. He is as happy as he can fucking be. Like... And this is the other thing we he mentioned he's the fourth son, and like I'm gonna I'm gonna reference something that that is we're not supposed to reference, but in Harry Potter that's the thing with Ron like mm-hmm. Ron is the seventh son, mm-hmm. and like you the more kids you have and that's a and Paul has a big family the less you get heard mm-hmm. doesn't mean your parents don't love you it just it's the less you get heard yeah and so Paul now has people hearing him like mm-hmm. between Ellie and her dad he has his own people if you will because he's kind of a loner at school too you don't ever see him hanging out 
with like like well, you the, see people come in and like like when they're in the, the church the, yeah, you, yeah. The, like the some of the football guys come in and ask him to go to like some place and like hang out and at first he like ditches ellie whenever that happens but then slowly but surely he stops ditching ellie because he's happier with mm-hmm. and, and he looks so happy with ellie yeah. and her dad and just hanging out watching old movies mm-hmm. and eating the the pot pie like he's yeah. just so i love that like it's such a small little thing once again it's the shot the the, the way it's the way it's made, the way it's mm-hmm. filmed, the way it goes from dad to Ellie to him. Mm-hmm. Like, dad and Ellie are both like, uh, I'm not sure about this this boy being here in our house. Yeah. But he's just like, like you said, a Labrador. Like, he is just sitting on the floor, widest grin possible, yeah. eating this, this meal, watching TV <laughs> with these two people. Yeah. And I love it. It just, Paul, it's like, I just want to hug Paul. He's just so adorable. Um... But I love, you know, we see them, you know, they're like Paul and Ellie, they, they're playing ping pong again. And like this time they actually start having a, a real, like a real conversation. Um, and then we get to like in church because we talked about like, you know, there's the, uh, the, the priest whose church this technically is, but he's kind of out of his mind. Yeah. One, some of the, one of the ways that Paul and Ellie talk privately is they both go into different sides of the confessional mm-hmm. and talk over the priest yeah. who is sitting in the middle, just confused. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's, he's like at various points, like he kind of turns into those one of like, you know, street corner preachers, like, you know, yelling and yeah. yelling like fire and brimstone kind of messages. And just, but during the regular church services, it's Aster's dad who's up there, like doing the actual preaching yeah. and this, this Reverend or this pastor Shanley, whatever his, title is i don't remember but he, father father shanley. father shanley there we go thank you he's like sitting in the back and he's just kind of there yeah he's not really doing anything but this one particular day he just suddenly like bursts out like yelling about something and everybody just kind of waits for him to stop and then they go on like yeah. nothing happened and aster sends a text message of do you think father shanley knows what's going on around him and ellie replies i think father shanley knows all and aster turns to look at paul, paul. And grin at Paul, who unknowingly just, like, grins back. And again, fucking Labrador. Just, like, the happiest, boy, most sunshiny grin. Daniel, yeah, the yeah. actor, has the best grin for that kind of character. It's great. And um, one thing that we didn't mention at the beginning of the movie is that in, like, in Ellie's conversations with her English teacher, the English teacher is trying to get her to go away to another college. And, and she's like, no, like, I have a full ride here locally. And, like, I can still live in Squamish and all this. And the teacher has been telling her, like, you need to go. You need to get out of this town. You need to get out of this town. <laughs> I love Ellie's response is like, uh, you went away to that college and now you're back here. What does that say? Yeah. <laughs> no wrong. No wrong. No wrong. But back in um back in school ellie says to, you know she's talking to her english teacher and she's like do you know what it's like to finally meet someone your age who gets you and her teacher tells her like you know where else you can meet people your age who get you college and just keeps like pushing yeah. like pushing this on her that she needs to go away to college and and then we go back to you know paul and ellie playing ping pong and it's during this you know they're having this conversation and he asks her what her favorite food is and she says braised pork over rice and and he asks her he's like does that does that have chinese like does that have five spice in it and she's like how do you know about five spice like well i kind of peeked in your cabinets i was looking for new spices like i'm always looking for new spices 
And then he asks, like, what her mom was like. And she, you know, starts telling him about her mom and, you know, how, um, you know, how, like, with her mom dying and everything. Um, and then we have, we see, like, Ellie and Aster kind of texting, like, late at night. But then we have Ellie, Ellie is talking to Paul and she asks what he likes about Aster. And he says, she's pretty and smart and she's never mean. And she smells like fresh ground flour. Why? Just wondering. What else could I like about her? And then Ellie says, I don't know. How her eyes look right into yours. How she twirls her hair when she's reading. How her laugh busts out like she can't help herself and she stops being so perfect for just a few moments. She has at least five different voices. How could, <laughs> how you could live in an ocean of her thoughts and feel like she knows, really knows. And she kind of trails off because Paul is getting like visibly upset like and she thinks he's clued in. He she thinks that he's he's finally she's clued in. Kind of betrayed herself a little bit here. And and but Paul, he didn't clue in. And Paul just says he's like I'm so stupid. I'm dumb, like a real idiot. He's like that's what you say when you love someone and you you don't even care. I mean, I love her and I I can't even and she tells him she's like no, like you try harder than anyone I've ever met mm-hmm. with the possibility or with the possible exception of my dad with my mom to show a girl that you love them. And if love isn't the effort you put in, then what is it? And I just I love that like at this point Ellie and Paul like yes, Ellie does have feelings for Aster. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, she is pulling for Paul. Like, yes. Like, she doesn't see she has, her and Aster as a possibility in this realm. It's not even in the realm of possibility. Right. It, but again, Paul, rem- but like, at first, rem- she, remains of the day, this is all about repressed longing. Yeah. And, and I, I love that they brought that up at the beginning of the movie, so you kind of knew mm-hmm. and had it in your head. But Paul, when she first became acquainted with Paul, I don't think she thought Paul deserved Aster. Right. And then, you know, he saved her from the truck. And so she's like, okay. He's a good dude. And then the more they talk, the more she's like, yeah, like Paul is a good man. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm going to be with a man, <laughs> like if someone's going to be with a man, they should be with Paul. They need to be with Paul. Not Trig. <laughs> yeah. Because she ends up messaging that to. She, yeah, she ends up um, like, again, like late night texts yeah. between Aster and Ellie. Ellie tells Esther, or Aster, not yeah. Esther, yeah, sorry. Close enough. Ellie, <laughs> everything ran together. Ellie tells Aster, you know, that, you know, that, you know, oh, I'm, I'm just a good guy, like, and you should be with a good guy. Yeah. Um, but little things that we get during yeah. here, uh, Paul makes sausage tacos for Ellie and her dad. And they love them. They go over very well. Um, and then this, <laughs> I love this because they, um, they're talking about uh, Yakult. Which mm-hmm. is, um, it's like, it's a probiotic drink that, that you that, get in like Asian grocery stores and things like that. It is in, no joke, every Asian show I've ever watched. Mm-hmm. Like every one of them. I had not heard of it until I watched this movie. And then, um. It's in, it's in, uh, To All the Boys I've Loved Before as well. That's what they're drinking. That's, I don't That's remember. the, the it's, it, they don't mention it as Yakult by name. Yeah. But that they mention specifically that is the like yogurt drink that yes. they always have in the car. Right. That he goes across town to the Asian market to pick up. So, okay. yeah. But I had forgotten all about that. Um, I've watched that movie a few more times than you. <laughs> <laughs> but they, um, but the thing, like you called, I'd never heard of it yeah. until, um, until I watched this movie. And then, because in, in, 
uh, to all the boys I've lived before. Yeah. They don't mention it by they don't name. Mention my name. They, no, it's no, just no. a yogurt thing, and like I just whatever. Well, yes, it is kind of a yogurt drink, but it's not really yogurt. It's not yogurt, but that's it's not they, yogurt. Yeah. But um, I. I got really, really sick and it like messed up like my digestive system. And so like I needed, like I was just, I was like ordering my groceries and I just searched for like probiotics and was like, was looking for something that could help me like, uh, get my digestive system back on track. And like one of the things that came up was Yakult and I was like, fuck yes, I'm trying this. (laughs) And so like, I order Yakult <laughs> like when I order groceries and yeah, it's like, kind of great. And, well, we've talked, I've talked about mission before in here that I watch a lot of like Asian TV shows. I'm not kidding. Mm-hmm. Like I will watch somebody buy on a, one of those, a lot of those like Asian shows, any of them, you will see someone buy like a six pack and just stick the, they, they just carry it around. They stick the straw in the first one and they just work their way down the line. <laughs> like it, it's, it's just one of those things yeah. that is such a mainstay in, in like Asian culture. It's mm-hmm. not even questioned. Yeah. And so, yeah, for us learning about it is, Mm-hmm. is always a really like i was like oh i know what your cult is um, like, but they they talk they talk about your cult and you know and paul says that like the coach has a vending machine of it in in their like locker rooms or whatever um you know but ellie mentions you know for her you know she can't really get it that often because the nearest asian grocery store is a three-hour bike ride away and um um uh, but then we see them they're watching a uh they're watching an Indian movie mm-hmm. where a man runs after a woman who's gotten on a train and Ellie's like, oh, like, this is so trite. And Paul's like, no, but it's sweet. Like, look how happy she is. She's happy and she's sad. Like, she's crying. Yeah. And, and like, she's like, what kind of moron chases a train? Yeah. They're, like, they're on. Which, to be fair, the- I think you and I have actually had this conversation, except for we were both Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> Both going like, okay, yeah, I get the romance of the moment, but at the same time, like, yeah, it's ridiculous. Oh yeah, um, but th- you know, we see once again, um, late in the evening, Ellie playing her guitar in her room, and she has her window open and mirroring earlier, like the beginning of the movie where Paul stopped and listened outside the music room while Astor was singing. He's now like over, like, because he his family lives like across the street from the train station. And so Mm -hmm. we see him like taking out the trash and then stopping and listening under Ellie's window while she plays. And he looks wrapped. He absolutely is. Like he would have stood out there all night if his family hadn't yelled at him. I know. Like, I love that. Like, Mm -hmm. I just adore it. Once again, I adore Paul. Like just, (laughs) but then we have finally, like it's, we have date number two for Paul and Aster and, Paul, he thanks Ellie for her help, even though he's probably going to crash and burn. And then he immediately starts crashing and burning. Well, I love that he's like, I'm going to crash and burn. No, you're going to do fine. You're going to do fine. He gets out of the car. He's going to crash and burn. Like, yeah. <laughs> that is that is friendships. Like, yes, I'm going to build you up. And then I'm going to be like, mm, it's going to be rough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I love you. It's going to be rough. Um, and, But Aster kind of, you know, saves him a little and tells mm-hmm. him like, you know, we it's okay. We don't have to talk about serious things. But then they're still kind of floundering and Ellie, you know, she's sitting in Paul's truck and she's watching all of this go down. And she can't look away from the train wreck. She can't. And so she ends up like taking the phone and she sends a text to Aster and she's, the text says like, I get nervous when you're close. And, and so Aster like looks up at Paul and is like, you just messaged me? And, and he quickly grabs his phone. And off he the take, table. takes takes yep. his phone. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that I did. And then, um, 
And he looks out I, the window I, at Ellie, like... I love this. But yeah, because because um, Aster... Er, Ellie texts Aster, I get nervous when you're close. And Aster says, why? And then Paul texts Ellie, what? And Ellie texts back, look at your phone. And so Paul dutifully, Cause, like, cause looks down at his he phone. He keeps, like, quizzically looking out the window, like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> and and she's like, no, no, no. See, this so, is, she, she needs to be, like, forwarding these text messages to Paul. I so know. she understands what's happening. I know. But Poor then, boy. He's so um, confused. But then Aster texts, you know, Aster says, you know, I'm just a girl. Like, and Ellie responds, you're not just a girl. And then we get Paul and the look on his face as he is staring outside at Ellie, like, is the fucking funniest thing I've ever seen. But he texts in all caps, what are you saying? And Ellie responds in all caps, stop looking at me. Stop looking out the window, silly. And so, you know, so then Aster's like, I'm, I'm not. Well, then what are you? And Ellie responds, also not just a girl. And it makes Aster laugh. And Paul is like, oh, oh what is happening here? But then um, Paul snaps. He, he does. Um, not in a bad way snaps. Just his patience yes, is but done. In, kind of, but in this moment of um, Ellie is trying to say something because um, she's trying to find the words. She's trying yeah. to find because because Aster, Aster says you're strange but cute. And um, and then Ellie is trying to think of a response and is like, I think your deletes it, your like deletes it. It's like, okay, the thing is, and then like deletes everything. And then before Ellie can figure out what it is that she is trying to say, Paul just, he can't take it anymore. And he just jumps up. Because for him, this has just been minutes of silence. Yeah. He doesn't know what's happening. He has He's no so clue what's going on. And... And so he just jumps up and he tells Aster, he's like, it's like, I, I don't want to be just be friends. Mm-hmm. And, and he, like, he stumbles over, but like, you know, he ends up telling her, you know, some of the things that he likes about her. And, and he kind of ends up including some of the things that Ellie said. In a very like blender way. In a very blended way. And I have to say, this is all playing, like all of this is playing out over Gordon Lightfoot's If You Could Read My Mind. Yeah. And it is probably one of like my top five uses of like music in movies. I, no kidding. When I'm watching this movie and I had the subtitles going and I see the, because in the subtitles it says Gordon Lightfoot's If You Could Read My Mind. Yeah. I know Kia's love of Gordon Lightfoot. <laughs> so I immediately went, oh, Kia's going to like this scene. Well, okay. It's like it's a good scene just by itself. But then you also add Gordon Lightfoot in. Because, yeah. And, and yeah. it's it's specifically, yes, the song in and of itself is good, but they're specifically, the lyrics, yeah. it's specifically using the second verse because the second verse is, if you could, re- if I could read your mind, love, what a tale your thoughts could tell. Just like a paperback novel, the kind that drugstores sell. When you reach the part where the heartache come the hero would be me but heroes often fail and you won't read that book again because the ending's just too hard to take i'm like you couldn't have gotten more perfect for the scene yeah for the scene but in this you know paul paul you know tells aster like he's not really a good talker and and aster says you know that's it's fine that's okay and and so ellie's like okay and her her work is done, and so she leaves. Because mm-hmm. she can't sit there and watch. She can't. This. It's, oh, God, it would be heartbreaking. So then she's at the, like, secondhand store mm-hmm. with Paul the next day. Paul tells her, you know, the 411 about the date. Mm-hmm. He kissed her at the end. You kissed her? Like, 
Ellie was clearly not prepared to hear that piece of information. Yeah. Um, and so she she asks, she's like, how does that happen, the kiss? I, I kissed her. And how do you know she wants to be kissed? She gives you a look. She just gives you a look. And when you see the look, you make your move. Otherwise, you look like a real putz. <laughs> She's like, uh, huh? And meanwhile, she's trying on, trying to find a skirt for. Performing. She's trying to find an outfit to wear to the yeah. senior recital. Yeah, and she's put like a skirt on over her pants to like look at how it looks. And he's like, "What are you doing?" It's like, that's "What just, are you doing?" No, like, no, this isn't happening. And he's like, "That's not you." Well, so like, I, I need to perform. I need it. Like, he goes, "No, you're without your jeans and your flannel. No, go go to the go to the tri- dressing room. I'll bring you some stuff." How would you know what I have a sister? And I'm like, that's fair. Like, like <laughs> at this point for Ellie, anyone would be better than Ellie. <laughs> yeah. And when we see her at the day of the performance and she's in just jeans and a white button down, it looks great. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, good job, Paul. Yeah. A plus. I approve. Cause he, he knows who Ellie is. He gets, mm-hmm. he gets Ellie in most ways. Not Mo- always. Not yet. all. But that's because he's a little, like, we talked about this. He's, he's a himbo. He's slow he just, on the uptake. He doesn't catch it yet. But. <laughs> well, and also important to note, they're talking mm-hmm. about um, how Aster has gone away to, to a yeah. youth group thing in Sacramento. And so she's yes. going to be out of town for a little bit. Um, but then it's the night of the talent show. Ellie has the misfortune of following Trigg. Who is like a, who does like a rock and roll number and he's got he's like a dressed band. like he's dressed like Springsteen yeah he's got he's got a full band with him all yeah. that kind of stuff and then we have the the choo choo the chugga chugga choo choo guys you can tell they've done something they they because you Ellie find out, but yeah yeah Ellie is her plan is to do a like a piano solo and they have like an upright piano to be rolled out yeah. onto the stage and the chugga chugga choo choo guys come in and they they. Uh, cut some of the the, the strings yeah. in so the piano. So as she starts playing, you hear the like not playing. Essentially, yeah. you hear the clink. You you hear you hear the twang of like a broken. I was like, so ticked. Like broken string. Yeah, I was so ticked because yeah, I I and like, so and then they're they're being they're being teenage dudes and snickering and in laughing the audience. about it. And then and Paul has come in late because he came to see Ellie he, perform. He came specifically to see Ellie. Like you see him come in and he's still in his like butcher shop uniform like he's kind taking of. His, his he's taking his apron off yeah. and he's standing off to the sides because there's no seats and so he's standing off to the side and he's watching this and ellie kind of tries playing the beginning of her piece a couple of times and then realizes what's happened and hears these guys snickering and she stops and just kind of is just sitting there and you have people in the audience being the heckle as you would at a teenage event and yeah and and so then like, Paul is watching this. Paul looks over, and he sees the guys, and he figures out what's happened. And then he slides her an acoustic he guitar. He sees a guy with a guitar. He sees a guy with a guitar, and he he grabs it, and he slides it across the stage to Ellie. And she picks it up and plays. And, and she plays her songs. And people go crazy. Like, mm-hmm. people love it. And they, they give her a standing ovation. And at the end of her performance, Trig asks Paul, when did Ellie Chu get kind of hot? And Paul's like, what? Dead. Dead. Yeah. Die. Die in a fire. Like, <laughs> Yeah. And afterward, um, after the senior, like, Paul ends up dragging Ellie along to a senior recital after After party. party. Where she plays Drinkers of Catan. (laughs) As an actual player of Settlers of Catan, I laughed really hard at that joke. (laughs) 
apparently the different res- if you've ever played different resources or different alcohols i had no idea mm-hmm. very funny and yeah, and like the girl like the girl who drags her into this game is is saying something like oh like and when you do this is like you take three drinks and then blah blah yeah. blah and i was like oh dear but she gets and she doesn't drink typically. she doesn't she doesn't typically drink so you see paul coming upstairs to check on her and they're pouring her some more drink and she's like i've been keeping track like i know that this is affecting me like mm-hmm. i know but yeah how many drinks have you had I don't know. <laughs> like, uh-huh. also and like, then, don't know. and then, like, he's like, "Oh, okay, let's get you home." And like, and he gets her up off the floor where she's sitting playing this game, and she just promptly like yaks all over him, all all over Which the I floor. I wasn't even looking because I saw it coming, so I looked away. Yeah, but then he takes her home and takes care of her. He takes her back to his, his house. house. That's what I mean. Yeah, Sorry. his home and takes yeah. care of her. He he takes her home. She takes her to his house, puts her in his bed, um, and while he's putting her in bed. He ends up like dropping her her messenger bag, and he's like he threw, you know he's been talking you know like oh this taco sausage it's like you know this super inventive like innovative thing that he's done, and how he's been he's been sending like emails and like he's been trying to contact food critics in you know in like the Squamish area in yeah food critics at like local newspapers in the area. And, and trying to get some attention and like, in the hopes of, you know, like this will help him kind of like realize the dream that he has. And, um, and while they were in the secondhand store, Mm -hmm. he says something of like, oh, like this critic from blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, he, he contacted me. He's like, he must've heard about me from this other food critic. And so in this moment of he's putting like he's put Ellie to bed and he ends up, he drops her messenger bag. And out of it spills like half a dozen envelopes to various food critics that she has been sending mm-hmm. out and she's done it in his name. Because she's his friend and she wants him to have all the good things. And he just kind of, he looks at the letters and he looks at her and he realizes what's happening and he just puts them back in the bag. And sits down in his chair and just watches her sleep. Mm-hmm. I love Paul. Mm-hmm. But so the next morning, mm-hmm. Paul is gone and there, there, I assumed a football practice. Yes. <laughs> there are, there are two aspirin that he's left with a note that says, take these and a big glass of water and a big glass of water. And, and so, you know, Ellie, you know, Ellie wakes up and she takes the aspirin and just as like, she's kind of like getting up, Aster has come by to drop off something for Paul. And that's where like, she finds ellie in his room and 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 you know things are kind of awkward for a second but then you know aster asks about you know so like what's the deal with you and paul and and ellie is just like oh no no no. you know it's no it's like we're we're just friends like there's nothing going on here like and you know paul he just he wanted to do some extra reading so like i was lending him some books and you he's know, been like ex- reading for you. Yeah, yeah, like he's he's been doing he's he's been reading books because like he wants to to be able to talk to Aster, um, and and then Aster says on our first date I wouldn't stop talking about books. I think I almost scared him off. I can be a nervous idiot. You could never be an idiot. I I mean Paul I mean think you Paul a- Paul would never think that about <laughs> you. And so <laughs> it's just it's so and great. Then, and then she shows Ellie the painting she's brought for Paul. Yeah, and it's it's a picture of of a like of a daisy yeah. and that she's painted and and Ellie kind of takes it and Ellie 
comments. She says, I like the stroke off to the side. Lonely, but hopeful. And then kind of realizes and is like, yeah, he'll love it. And just hands it to her and starts to starts to run away. And Aster, and Aster tells Ellie, she's like, you know, I, I lied to my dad. And it's like, I, I came back from Sacramento early. She's like, so I have the whole day. Like, and, and asks if she can just go hang out, hang out with Ellie. And so um, they go to, she has to go to the train. She has, she has to go to the station. station. So she, she directs the train and, and Astro thinks that is the coolest thing to ever happen. She's mm-hmm. just like, you get to do this all the time. Like, this is so cool. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's like, <laughs> it's like the thing that you find the most mundane, boring thing. Oh yeah. Someone else is like, that is so cool. Oh yeah. It's great. Um, but after, after doing this for a little bit mm-hmm. and, you know, finding out that, you know, Ellie only has to do this like at specific times during the day. Um, Aster asks if Ellie would like to get away. And so they drive to this hot spring, which is Aster's favorite secret place. Mm-hmm. And, and so they get to this hot spring and Aster like strips down. <laughs> Ellie and, pa- panic I, turns around. This, this is, this is probably one of the moments that I always laugh th- that I have laughed the hardest when watching this movie is like Aster starts to take off her shirt and Ellie like whips around and then it's like, are these deciduous trees? Yeah. <laughs> just, just the sheer panic. Yep. Um, but then <laughs> Ellie ends up getting into, Ellie ends up like actually getting into the hot spring, but she does so in her long underwear. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so, you know, because where they are, there's no, there's no cell service. And so Aster pulls out a portable radio that's playing, you know, like classic rock hits, like back in, you know, back in, back in Squamish, Paul goes to Ellie's and, and again, Mr. Chu pulls the kitchen faucet hose on him. (laughs) But it says she's not here. Yeah. He says Ellie's not here. And, um, but Paul has brought some meat. I'm not here to see her. It's like, yeah, it's like, I'm, I'm not here to see her. Um, and it basically like a little, I'll just, because it's very short, but we yeah. later see. Uh, it cuts back and forth it, between. It, it cuts back and forth. And yeah. Between Ellie and dad, Mr. Chu and Paul for, yeah. for a little bit here. And it's so like in the cutting back and forth, basically the next time we see, um, the next time we see Paul and, and Mr. Chu, it's like they're at work in the kitchen mm-hmm. and and they're 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 working with the meat but we don't really know like what the conclusion is going to be until ellie gets home later so we'll come to that yeah. in a minute like in a minute aster we have aster and ellie and aster is saying that she doesn't think she's ever hung out with a girl and not talked about boys and ellie's like your life oh. just passed the bechdel test congratulations yeah i know <laughs> um <laughs> And Ellie's like, oh, I'm sorry. But Aster's like, no, it's it's nice. And and so there's just this like brief moment of silence, and then Ellie just kind of blurts out. She's like, so Paul's cool. And and Aster kind of hesitates before she says that, you know, Paul's confusing. It's like, I it's like when I'm with him, I feel safe. He's a sweet guy. Then it's like he writes these things that feel not safe. Not safe. And then Aster says, she's like, I overheard Trig talking to my dad about our future wedding. He hasn't even asked me yet, but he's just so sure. And maybe that's love. Maybe I should marry Trig. Oh. Should I? Oh. Um. And, and so, like, it's just this kind of, like, um, 
I, I've somehow like I've skipped it in my notes. I didn't get what Ellie said to her, but then, um, but, uh, asked her, says, she's like, well, you know, um, like God doesn't know either if that's any consolation. And, and Ellie, this is when Ellie says like, I don't believe in God and asks her, oh, well that must be nice. No, it's not. It's lonely. And, um, and Aster says, I wish I knew what I believed. I keep asking God for a sign. And then Paul's letter appeared in my locker. I've never felt so understood. It's silly, right? No, it's not silly. And then she's like, you know what is silly? And then Aster starts tugging at Ellie's shirts. And this is, she's like, Aster's like, wait, did you layer? And this is the other moment that always cracks me up because Ellie's response is, I'm a Russian doll of clothing. I died. I laughed so hard. (laughs) Like, I, that got me. Because you real because it's the thing. When Ellie gets into the hot spring, you see her wearing what looks like a yellow long sleeve shirt with stripes on it. And then after this moment, you come to find out she was wearing two thermal shirts. Yep. One of them is yellow, and then the one under it was, was striped. striped. Yeah. And so Aster ends like Aster ends up like you know tugging on on his shirt, and then a little bit later we see like Aster is wearing the yellow shirt, and Ellie is wearing uh, the striped one as they float in the as, water. As they're floating, the cinematography on that floating scene is ridiculous. Like it is like the fact that you can basically see all of Astrid's face in reflection. Yeah, so gorgeous. Um, but they um, like Ellie just kind of says in this moment you know like that that gravity is matter's response to loneliness and asked just like who said that i don't know well then you said it and while they're talking chicago's if you leave me now comes on um and ellie says that her mom loved the song uh she said that every song movie story has a best part and they listen to the music for a second and Aster says was that it are you asking or saying? And they listen to it a little bit longer and Aster goes, that, that was it. I love that line though. The, that what Ellie says about every mom, mom always said every, whatever had a best part. Every, every song movie story has a best part because every time her dad has been watching a movie, he has gone, here's the best part. Yeah. And so like that, like that bridges that mm-hmm. to where you realize, Oh, yeah. that is all part of dad's grief. Like that best part thing mm-hmm. is his his remembering his wife and that like made all of those other moments yeah. so so special. But we have um that night Aster she drops Ellie off and and she says that she hopes Ellie finds something good to believe in. And when Ellie goes inside, her dad tells her that Paul made braised pork sausages. It's like and hers is waiting for her in the microwave. Because Paul's a good boy. And and then Aster goes across the street and Paul is doing his nightly routine of taking out the trash. And Aster goes over to Paul and she asks if he believes in God. And he says, well, yeah, of course. Um, and then he tells her, you know, he thought her painting was pretty. And then she she goes and just like plants one on him. She kisses him uh-huh. and Ellie sees it from, from her window. Yeah. Um, and then we see Ellie... She digs out the college application to Grinnell. She digs it out of her guitar case. And then this moment of Aster is leave Aster leaves Paul and Paul turns and looks at Ellie's window. Mm-hmm. It's just such a little thing, but oh man, it got me. Um 
But so Paul had said to Aster, he's like, oh, you know, I'll, like, I may not see you for a little bit. You know, like, I've got training because we have a big game coming up. And, and he asks, you know, if she'll be at the game. And, and she's, yeah, you know, like, I, I wouldn't miss it. She'll be there at, the, at this game. And the day of, the day of the big game, Aster sends a text message saying, good luck. And Ellie, Ellie responds and then forwards, you know, the message on to Paul. You know, Aster says, good luck. He doesn't say anything about Aster, and he asks if Ellie will be there. And and she kind of makes some... Some, like, witty comment about, yeah, she, yes, she makes She makes some comment. She makes some comment about football. And, um, and... So they're, they have, you know, they have, they have the huddle. They have, they have the snap. They're losing so bad. They are losing 49 to like to to zero. zero. And it's terrible. And, and so, you know, they're, they line up. They're getting ready to punt. They're getting ready to punt. They're, you know, they're, they're lining up for the play and everything. And Paul is kind of moving downfield and, and he sees Aster and he waves and then he gets a little farther downfield and that's when he sees Ellie. And Meanwhile, there's an actual play. There's going an on actual play him. going on and he kind of like sort of accidentally ends up with the ball. Well, Cause like basically they, they fumble the snap. I, I know a little bit of football. <laughs> they fumble the snap. And so the puncher can't get it off. So they have to now try to run the ball. Mm-hmm. But as the ball actually gets like hit off the, like hit off of someone else, it, and Ellie is sitting there, like, turn around. Yeah. Turn around. He thinks she's pointing at him, and he's just, like, pointing back. Yeah. Like, you got it. She's like, no, no, you moron. Turn like, pay pay attention to the game. So he turns around, and literally the ball sails into his hand. Yeah. And he <laughs> takes off running downfield. And my first thought, I'm not going to lie to you, is, oh, God, please let that be the right direction. Like, that was, that was my <laughs> first genuine thought, was please let them be running the right way. And he does. Yeah. And he scores. Touchdown. First time in 15 years the team has scored. I know. So now... <laughs> He is the school hero. I died. I was like, first time in 15 years they've scored a point. Yeah, Maybe I know. it's time to quit the football team. I'm just saying. <laughs> but um, after the game, Paul goes back to the locker room and it's like after he's changed everything like that and he finds Ellie at the Yakult vending machine. <laughs> Armful. And just like arms full like of, of Yakult. And... Um, <laughs> And, and he, you know, he tells her that, like, he needs to talk to her. And she's just like, okay, yeah, sure, whatever. And, like, while she's hoarding the cult. And, but her arms are so full, like, she can't, like, actually drink one. And so, so open it. Yeah. yeah, so she gets Paul to open it. And he pours a little bit of it into her mouth. And then, like, after a second, like, she's just standing there waiting for him to, to say, mm-hmm. like, whatever it is he needs to say. And he thinks she's giving him the, the look. look. And he goes in for a kiss, and and she like she kind of freaks out Does and like not want to, and drops all of the occult, and he's like, "What you you didn't want me to kiss you? No." But Aster sees it, and but this is the first thing he says. She like she's she's is like, "You didn't want me to kiss you? No. Why is there someone else?" And yeah, and then that's when we see like Aster, Aster has seen it. Aster has walked in at that moment, and. Ellie is the one like desperately trying to tell Aster like no 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 like it's this isn't what it looks like. Aster runs out and, and f- now Paul clues in. Finally the penny drops and Paul understands. And he's very hurt cuz he has fallen for Ellie like full on yeah. fallen for Ellie. <sighs> but now he realizes what's happening and he says, "You like Aster?" And he takes a minute to kind of process it. And then he says what 
every every good Catholic kid, was. every every kid, every small town yeah. conservative kid would say, and he's like, "It's a sin. You're going to hell." And but he says it in this, and it's like it's like he's saying it, but he doesn't think it. If that makes any sense, yeah, like, no, he's. He's, he, he's just spouting what he's been told now. He's, he's repeating what he's been told. Because he's processing. <laughs> because he's processing. But it's also, but it's not in like, it's not so much in like a judgmental no, way. No, no, no. It's, it's more like he's yeah. saying a, he's made this realization and now he's realized that like, that this, that, that like Ellie is going to hell and he doesn't want his friend to go to hell. Yeah. And it's kind of like, okay, you kind of, you should have kind of clued into that already with her being a quote unquote heathen. <laughs> like, I'm, I mean, like this wouldn't be the first thing sending her to hell. But. It just to me, it sounded like he was just like really not understanding at first and trying to put it all together. Like, yeah, he's putting a puzzle together in his brain, and he's like, I don't. But that means you're going to hell. That means, like, like yeah. And then then he's he's also obviously hurt. He's yeah, and like. Because I think he really thought they were building a relationship, mm-hmm. and they were just not that type of just relationship. not that relationship. relationship. But and so he he also leaves. Leaving he leaves Ellie behind, and then when Ellie goes home, Trig is waiting for her at the station <laughs> God, because because Trig thinks that Ellie is in love with him. I get it? Why you're always popping up in front of me? She's not. Like this is the first time they've exchanged words in the whole movie. Yeah, I know. And he. Like, he goes to make a move on her, and finally the payoff of every time that Paul has been around, and Mr. Chu has been waiting with the kitchen sink hose, like, like ready to fire it on Paul, now he fires it on Trig, and just completely soaks Trig, and it's glorious. And he run, Trig runs away. Yeah. Um, and then here's where we get, we get a new title card, and it says, Hell is Other People, Sartre. Um... And as I mentioned, Paul is now the hero of the high school for scoring, <laughs> for scoring during the game. Um, we see Aster kind of listlessly hanging out with Trig. We see Paul. He's at home. He's on the home computer, and he googles, "How do you know you're a gay?" I mean, he's trying to. He's understand, trying, and I appreciate that greatly. And then his mother yells at him to go do something, and he turns the monitor off. And I went, "Uh oh." Yep. <laughs> And and it's like that. Yeah. Then his mom comes in and opens up the computer and sees this, and she kind of she didn't even open the computer. She actually nudges the yeah the mouse to turn and, and, and it, it turns the yeah. sleep mode up, and she sees what's on the screen. Yeah, we don't see a reaction. We don't see a reaction. We just see that now she has seen this and more sad montage. Yes. Well, here Paul he delivers the meat order to Mister Chu, and um and before he can leave, Mister Chu stops him and asks, "Did you and Ellie break up?" We weren't together. She seems sad. No, you don't see her. See? See what? Who she is. Could be. Her. And then Mr. Chu, he speaks in Mandarin for a little bit. And he says, when Ellie's ma died, I fell into a dark hole. I didn't move for days. A few days later, I woke to find Ellie in the booth manning the switch. She looked up at me, just 13, an adult already, and I smiled. And then in English, he says, have you ever loved someone so much you don't want anything about her to change? And we have now, we're back in church, and Trig stands up. They're to, like 17, 18 years old, right? I know, but okay. I mean, we, growing up in small conservative towns, like, I mean, we, like, 
did did you not have nope. like oh my god really I I had the I, first person in my class to get married was not until a year after we graduated and they were dating when we were in school but they I, were not together. I had I had two couples in there were two people in my class who got married before graduation and um and one of them <laughs> one of them we didn't know for a long time because it was a girl who had she had moved away for a little bit and then like she kind of she came back for our senior year uh-huh. and and we were all just like sitting around we were all just sitting around the lunch table and and we we're like and she was just like oh yeah blah 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 like oh my my husband craig and we were like i'm sorry but the other pair they got no actually i take that back we had three couples because one of them got married the afternoon of senior prom and oh. then came to senior prom as their reception. Wow. Yeah, man. See, we were the first class in several years to graduate with no mothers, mm-hmm. no married, no married couples. We may have had some fathers, but, you, but we had no proof of that. <laughs> we, we didn't have any pregnancies. We just had, we had like three, we had three married couples in, in our class. Well, Okay. We had Shayna, and then there were two married couples because, like, Shayna's husband, like, had already, like, graduated and was, like, somewhere yeah. else. But he, um... But married we, people. Yeah, we, we had we had married people. And... That, see, that's bananas to me. Like, that's... But no, we... But we definitely had, like, we definitely had people who were of the, like, oh, okay, well, you know, this is you know, this is God's plan. And so like, God wants us to get married and have this life and do these things. And so we might as well go ahead and get married as soon as possible. I, I know, I know some couples who've gotten married that young and, and they're one of them is like one of them that I know real well, is still happily together, has two mm-hmm. kids. I love this girl. She's like, yeah. like my child in some ways, but, but yeah, I, nobody in my class. Nope. Nope. Mm-hmm. In fact, every single person that was dating someone when we graduated is now not dating that person. Like they did not wind up with that person. Every one of them broke up within a year of graduation. Like one, <laughs> not a single person in my graduating class is still with the person they were with in, gra- in school. Um, there, there so were, I'm going to applaud my class. Okay, guys, there, there, there were, we had like some people from my class, like that got, that were together in high school and then waited a little bit and like yeah. ended up getting married later that are still together. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there are also a couple of couples who were together in high school and then, like, got married a little bit, like, kind of, like, right after, like, while they were still in college. Mm-hmm. They are not together anymore. But, you know, one one of the couples who was, like, they were together for a large chunk of high school and then, like, got married after college. It, one of them is the preacher's daughter. Good for <laughs> them. The pastor's like, daughter. And they've got... Good, good for them. Like I that. just can't. yeah. The the people that I graduated with, it was, yeah, I had a class of twenty two or twenty three. And to be fair, there's one girl that that was with someone in high school. I don't know if she ended up marrying him or not because mm-hmm. I, I like I knew I didn't know her very well. Yeah. Um. But but I it's I, none of them. None of us were ready at that age. The, tw- the mm-hmm. twenty of us that I knew, there ain't there ain't yeah. a snowball in in hell that they were ready. That any of us were ready at that age. Now some people are. Like I said, my my one of my she's my camp kids. She she and her husband super good couple. Like I love them. I adore them. Mm-hmm. They have beautiful children. But yeah, no. At, when I was eighteen, I didn't even graduate eighteen. I was seventeen when I graduated. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, not a nope. Nope, 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 nope. I don't think that anybody ahead or behind us got married right then either. Mm-hmm. 
I, I don't remember any like married couples in my school. I will say that. Like, yeah. I don't remember that. It might have happened, but I was unaware of it. Yeah. Um, one of the... That makes me... That's really weird. I didn't even know that. I thought that was like a weird thing than this. And you're telling me it happened to you. And I'm just like... Yeah, that, man. That that blew my brain. Okay. Anyway. I'm like, for me, like, it was mind boggling to me of like, wow, I'm sorry. What? I mean, because my brain always goes, well, how are you going to take... How are you going to provide for yourself? How are uh-huh. you going to like... What what eighteen year old can go afford their own apartment? Like oh no, like one, I assume you li- they lived with their family. Well, but. one of one of the couple the couple that got married the day of prom, they like he was older, uh-huh. like he was in his twenties. Oh okay, and so he like already had a place and things like that. Um the the other couple that got married like the week, like one of the last weeks of school. Um, her parents had rental properties. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That would do and it. And so they they moved into one of the rental houses. Again, that's just the way my brain would like work. Mm-hmm. It was like, wait, how do you provide for yourself? You're you're a child. How what? Mm-hmm. That was that's my when when my girl told me she was getting married at eighteen. I was like, I mean, I love you, but are you like are you sure? <laughs> like, if you're sure, that's fine, and mm-hmm. you have a plan. And they had a plan, and they're like I said, they they do fine. Yeah. She went to school and he went to work, but like, yeah, no. And there, there, there were other people who were like on the precipice of getting engaged while we were in school and, and things like that. If you made it work, good for you. Yeah, man. For real. Like, I applaud you. That is awesome. Like, this is one of the things that like, when it came up in this movie, is like, I was not surprised in the least. See, whereas I was like, what? (laughs) But yeah, for me, like, it was just like, oh yeah. Like that was a thing that, that people did like there. And, and there were, there were couples of, you know, things that happened like years above and below me. Cause like you said, we didn't have any pregnancies in my class. Yeah. Um, but there were some above and below me. And so some of those people, like somebody got pregnant and so they got married yeah. in, in high school, that kind of thing. But, but otherwise, yeah, no, the ones that we had, it was just like, oh yeah, we're getting married. Huh. That's um, cool. I mean, like I said, yeah. If, if they made it work, great for them. Like I, my my child brain, no, ain't no way that I'd have been ready then. If, if I had met Josh when I was sixteen years old and we wanted to get married when I was eighteen, I don't think either of us would have been ready for that. Just mm-hmm. because that's not Mm-mm. who we were. Like we, and it takes different people different amounts of time. Like I'm not trying to poo poo anyone that did it. It just was not something. Yeah, that even, no. Number one, if I tried to get married at 18, my mama would have had, like, my mom got married at 19, and she admits she thinks she was too young when they got married. Like, mm-hmm. she got married at 19, she had me at 20. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine? That's like me having a 15-year-old right now. Yeah, I know. That is bananas, and I don't want it. <laughs> I, like, my nephew is about to be 13 in September, and I think that is insane. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so weird to me to imagine that my, I guess my mom got married at 20 and had me at 21. But still... It's very young to me to think back on. Mm-hmm. I got married at 22. And I mean, I'm I'm very happy with my marriage, as I've made very clear. But like, it's just, there's nothing wrong with getting married at 18. I just definitely couldn't have done it. Put it that oh, way. Oh, dude, I was like 28, probably almost 30 before I was ever like, yeah, I think I could probably get married now. Yeah. Well, like- I'm married to the logistical, <laughs> I'm married to the logistical dude who's like had everything planned out. We've yeah. like, we're very, pl- he's a very plan oriented person, which helps massively mm-hmm. but i was not that way as a child a child as a, at 18 i wasn't like that no but like i said if if you were mature enough to get married and like you especially if you like stuck it out and stayed married for a long time uh-huh. good for you well like, i i will say growing up in a conservative christian hometown um 
there were probably some of these couples, I will admit, because having been raised in in conservative Christianity of you don't have sex before marriage. Yep. And these were people who were ready to have sex. Yeah. And so... <laughs> No, I, no ding ding without the wedding ring. Yes, and so like yeah, I can yeah. I can say for certain that I, is why at least one of those couples got. married. I, I do know some people who got married for that reason. That's yeah, for sure. So yeah. I mean, I'm. You're, you're right. You're right. You're mm-hmm. not. Yeah, you're right. I see that now. I yeah. wasn't thinking about it from that perspective, but yeah, yeah. Um, anyway. But it, so we have now we we're in we're in the church <laughs> now that we've had that detour. Sorry, um, Trig is is giving the final reading. Um, in the church and he stands up and he quotes from first Corinthians 13, you know, love is patient, love is kind, love is not boastful, you know, all this. And, um, and then he says how much he loves Aster and how she'll make a fantastic wife for him. And the summation of his proposal is Aster, will you? And she kind of gets panicked eyes and then gives a like strangled nod before Ellie just screams no from the from the balcony yeah. where she she plays the organ. And um And she kinda of can't get her words. She can't like she's just standing up and she's like, Love isn't love is and like and because she can't get the words out, Paul stands up and Paul says, Love isn't pretending. I know because I've been pretending only for a few months, but it sucks. And I've been thinking about how much it would suck to have to pretend to not be you your whole life. I always thought there was one way to love one right way, but there are more, so many more than I knew. Like, and I never want to be the guy who stops loving someone for loving the way that they want to love. Because also we have to mention he was late coming to church. He was late, yeah. And he sits down next to his mom. He goes, "Sorry, I had to grind something out." Talking about grinding at work. His mother's face. I, I, I'm going to tell you, like, I loved his speech. Like, it's beautiful. But also in the context of what his mother now currently mm-hmm. thinks about him, mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, oh, here it comes. Oh, here it comes." <laughs> I laughed. But I he... was like, "That's such a double like that. Like, it's such a double meaning." Uh huh. That I just, it made me so happy. I laughed um, so hard because I knew it was coming. <laughs> but you know, so Paul is given this speech about, you know, pretending and everything. And Ellie says, I also have been pretending. And Trig, because he's Trig, thinks that Ellie is about to talk about him. And and he's like, oh, I, I know where this is going. And Ellie interrupts him. She's like, Trig, I've been writing your papers for the last four years. And if you'll forgive me, I'm just going to rewrite you one last time. And she says, love isn't patient and kind and humble. Love is, love is, love is messy and horrible and selfish and bold. It's not finding your perfect half. It's the trying and reaching and failing. Love is being willing, willing to ruin your good, uh, your good chance for the, sorry, I, everything ran together. Love is being willing to ruin your good for the chance of a great one. It's like, and then she looks at Aster and says, is this really the boldest stroke you can make? And, and now clues in. everything clues in and Aster, her face just, it flashes with anger and hurt. And she just says, you? Yeah. And, and so Aster walks out and on her way slaps Paul in the face. There. Deserved. Fair. Like, like that's, that's a fair thing. I will say that I, as, as like a Christian, the first Corinthians 13 is always like, the, <laughs> but, but here's I the know. thing, but here's the thing. It's not actually talking about romantic love in I that know. passage. And like, I, it gets used at a lot of weddings and I'm fine mm. with that to some extent, because I do think that like the perfect love, because 
because love in a marriage is not always just romantic love. And there yeah. are like three kinds of Greek love. Oh, and this oh, time about oh. agape, not eros. And so I get real frustrated oh, okay, when people dude, use this. Anyway. You, okay. You talked about like it's used in a lot of weddings and things like that. Yeah. Um, my high school boyfriend, like, like he gave me a Valentine's Day card and it was all this verse. <laughs> but it's talking about agape, not eros. There are different kinds of love in, in Greek. Look it up. Anyway. Sorry. I know. That is like, I had to like get that out because I was like. I was like, no. Like, when he was proposing with that, I was like, no, 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 no. Mm. Oh, I know. <laughs> anyway. He's a oh. teenage boy. He understands nothing. Oh, absolutely. And, um, and, and I have a father who studied Greek. So I mm-hmm. <laughs> feel like I've been taught about the different kinds of love frequently mm-hmm. and, and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it was just one of those, like, like my I was like, okay, my Bible-raised kid has to come out just a little bit right now for a second <laughs> and say that this is an inappropriate use of this verse, which frequently happens. People uh-huh. inappropriately use verses all the time, and I'm letting it go now. Stepping it down, stepping away. But I'm just saying, it bothered me a little bit, and I wanted to make that clear to people that are listening. It's like, this, mm-hmm. this is a thing. Like, there are different kinds of love in Greek. Like, different words are translated different ways, guys. <sighs> <sighs> So anyway, Ellie goes back home, and uh, when she gets there, Mr. Chi is making dumplings. And she's like, oh, wow, that's that's a lot of dumplings. And he says, six days, 18 meals to Grinnell. And he tells her, like, which is the, the college that her teacher has been trying to get her to go to. And he tells her, we didn't come here so you could be like me. We came here so you could be like your mother. Mm-hmm. And there's a moment, and then she goes... You don't mean dead, right? He goes, he's like, God, I hope not. The dark humor of that is gorgeous. No. And like, and I love this. The other thing I really, really love in, cause this is, this movie isn't just about her, her coming, her coming out, which mm-hmm. is, it is a big piece of that. It's coming of age, but also like the, the way her, she and her dad switch between Chinese and English and, mm-hmm. and like that acceptance of multicultural stuff. Yep. And like, I am, I am. I love that stuff. There are so many layers to this movie, and yes. I love it so yes. much. But then we get the last title card, and, it's, and it says, Love is messy and horrible and selfish and bold. Ellie Chu. Because she can now quote herself. Because she can now quote herself. And we see Ellie. She's waiting for Aster outside of Aster's family uh, family restaurant. And Aster apparently hasn't been in church lately, and that's because she's been busy painting portfolio pieces for art school. Yay! Um, and Ellie says that, you know, she's, she's getting ready to leave for Grinnell and Aster's just like, well, take care. And so Ellie apologizes. And Aster's allowed to be mad. Yeah. Oh, Aster is absolutely allowed to be mad. Um, but, but then Ellie apologizes. She's like, it was just supposed to be one letter. I never meant to hurt you. And Aster says, deep down, I probably knew the truth. Yeah. You really didn't use enough emojis in his texts. (laughs) Um, and then Ellie's like, I don't know what they mean. I'm like, same. Same. <laughs> but you and I are, are the olds. We're, we're the olds. We're the olds. We are now, I saw this on Twitter yesterday, we are now what is being termed geriatric millennials. We are. It's fair. Um, but anyway, so um, Aster says, you know, for what it's worth, it's not like the thought never crossed my mind. You know, if things were different or if I was different. And and then Ellie is like, you could never be dist- different. Like, and then you know, it takes a minute, and then she starts kind of like like she's quoting Aster's writing. 
She's like, you know, am I, am I sure I'm different? How do I know I'm sure? What does God think? And then like, and then on and on and on. And Aster is like, Hey, I can be sure. It's like, you watch in a couple of years. I'm going to be so sure. And Ellie is like, good luck with that. (laughs) And so, um, Aster tells her, find something good in Iowa to believe in heathen. And Ellie starts to walk away, but then she stops and turns back and then like runs back and fiercely kisses Aster. And then Aster, like once they pull apart, Aster just laughs and is like, I'll see you in a couple of years. Um, and then we have the goodbyes at the station where Paul is loading Ellie down with a cooler of food. Yep. Paul takes care of his, of his friends. Because he does. And, and, and we see her dad is back to work in the station. Mm-hmm. And he's cleaned up for the first time. He's cleaned he's, up. He's and dressed. And he's wearing his uniform, uniform. And, and Paul is assuring her, like, don't worry. You know, he'll look after her dad. And he's like, he's like, I'll, he's like, I'll keep him busy trying out new ketchups. Like, yeah, I'm going to. So he's, so we know dad's going to be taken care of. Cause that was always one of her biggest worries was that. She never, it's never actually said. It's nuance, but yeah. it's in the subtext. It's apparent it, that she is that she takes care of her dad. That's mm-hmm. what she does. And so Paul being like, "I got this. I'm going to take care of your dad. It'll you be go. fine. You go. You you go do you. Be great. I'll stay here and take care of dad." Like, mm-hmm. but you know she and Paul is like getting emotional, like mm-hmm. as he's you know like he's getting emotional, like as she's getting ready to leave, and like she's. And, like, she calls him a wussy and uh, calls him a wuss and all of this. And he he's just like, yo, whatever. <laughs> and, um, and, like, and then, like, she gets on the train. And when she gets into her seat and she looks out the window, she mouths the word wuss. And he just kind of, he laughs, but he's crying and all of this. And and as as the train pulls away... Paul starts running alongside the train. And she starts crying and, and laughing. And she starts crying and yeah, and then it's like, oh God, what an idiot! What a moron! Yeah, what, yeah, what a moron! And he chased it for as long as he can. He, yep, for as long as and he like, can. That hits. And, like, yeah, that, I know, dude. Like that—that that type of like love is. Like, I know it doesn't have to be romantic love. It could just be love. Like that—that that is one of the reasons why I love yeah. this movie. Because like, and and that's that's pretty much just like how like, it ends is with Ellie on the train. They fell in love, but it was not romantic love. Yeah. <laughs> they, they they adore each other and mm-hmm. I love that that's how it ends is she's going she's going to go find her way in life she may come back in a few years for uh for Aster but yeah. but you know Paul is her family yeah Paul is family and like that that's the thing that I that I absolutely love about this movie is that it's it's not just it's not just romantic love it's like and you you have like having you know it starts this movie starts because Paul is in love with Aster and he wants Ellie's help. And so then, like, they become friends. But then, he like, there's also love between them. And Ellie falling in love with Aster. And Paul falling out of love with Aster. Yeah. But also Paul kind of falling in love with Ellie and her dad. Yeah. And and, and the movie really brings out, it doesn't say it in so many words, but that there are different kinds of mm-hmm. love. And, you know, those different kinds of love, mm-hmm. just because they're not romantic, doesn't make them less powerful. Yeah, I know. In fact, sometimes they're more powerful. Yeah. The fact that the movie ends with Ellie and Paul and that it's not that, you know, because we're told at the beginning of the movie is like, you know, this isn't a love story or at least not one where everyone gets what they want. Yeah. And I, 
I like that. Yeah. Of, yeah. And especially in like, you know, like a, a teen, like coming of age movie. A Netflix teen coming of age yes, movie. Yes, absolutely. Of it, This that, had like a Fox Searchlight like vibe. I know. Like, like that it, independent It like, has, vibe. it absolutely has like that, that very independent kind of vibe. And even like kind of the color scheme of the movie yes. is like, there's a lot of overlays of like golds and browns and and yellows and things like that that give it that kind of kind of dusty indie movie kind of feel <laughs> to it and i just i love it like i i watch and like so when i watched it last year it was just it's like i watched it and immediately was like this was the this exactly what i was in the mood for and watching it again last night it was like God, this is better than I remembered. <laughs> and I'm so glad you've finally seen it now. I intentionally waited when you said we had to cover it because I like my first reactions mm-hmm. to, to come through on here a lot of times. Sometimes I don't do that. But a lot of times, yeah. if it's something like you have definitely seen, then I want to make sure I haven't seen it because it's more fun, <laughs> I think, that way to talk about sometimes. Yeah. But yeah. So what do you rate this movie? I'm giving it a solid four. I would give it a four as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, for me, the, the only real issue I had is the pacing the pacing at the, beginning, at the beginning yeah felt so long like and and part of that is is i think part of that's new director part of that is you do want she did want those long shots to establish things mm-hmm. and, and i don't have a problem with that in theory i just i don't think my headspace was completely right either so Could i had be. to like force myself into the right headspace as mm-hmm. the movie was playing and i didn't know exactly what to expect either Mm-hmm. So because the, because this is it's very loosely based on like Cyrano de Bergerac, very but loosely, you know, yeah, but yeah, yeah. but but in a way of like if you know if Christian also fell in love with Cyrano, <laughs> yeah. and you know, but um, but yeah, it's very loosely based on that. Yeah. But but also it is kind of a take on Remains of the Day. Yeah, it's got and some, it's it's got that repressed longing. That, yes, that like <laughs> very much the repressed longing. And I don't know, like it's just it's it's such a satisfactory movie for me. It's it like to me like it's an like it's an important message of of you know the fact that like you know romantic love is not the only kind of love yep. because again, you, you like the parental aspects of you know ellie and her dad the the friendship ellie and paul Mm -hmm. you know along with the romance of just it's just this this great blend of all of the different types of love and and showing that they're important arguably even the love that paul feels for aster is Mm -hmm. is real it's just not even that to some extent is not completely the romantic love he thinks Mm -hmm. it is if that makes sense oh it absolutely is it's more of like figuring out what is love not Baby, just romantically. Sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't help myself. Anyway. Um, but but you have that but it's also two of the leads are you know, are women of color. Yep. And, you know, but also like this is set in you know, it's set in a conservative Christian town, mm-hmm. but it doesn't it doesn't vilify the fact that Ellie has feelings for for Aster, but it also, you know, it's not vilifying the like, oh, here's why like the conservatives are wrong for you know for them. Yeah, it's feeling. it's just a story of this one person and this one little sec. Really, just the three people more than yeah. anything else. Um, and and dad. So really, the four people because yeah, I think Mister Chu has a I, journey I too. I like I like that containment. Yeah, and. Containment can be really nice. Yeah. Yeah. And, and kind of in that, you know, in that Schitt's Creek way of like, normally you think like a, like a story, like if you're going to tell a, like, if you're going to tell a story 
about like a same sex relationship. You would show them confronting homophobia, but in a way it's much more like exciting to just like forget the homophobia exists. (laughs) And this was more about her coming to terms with, with what, with her own self, not with, yeah, and, not with outside people. So yeah, yeah exactly. And so like, to, but that, that's just refreshing to me yeah, of, absolutely. of, of like being able to see a movie of like a teen, like coming of age movie. And like also where somebody is, yes, they are they're She's Ellie is trying to figure out herself. And so is Aster. And so is Paul. And so is Paul. It's so it's definitely like that coming of age. We didn't talk about, I was gonna say, by the way, the punchline with the whole, like his mother looks at him. Oh God. Yeah. I love that scene. Cause his mother looks at him and she goes, mommy still loves you whether you're gay or not. Like mommy still loves you. And he goes, I'm not gay mom, but I might want to change the sausage recipe. And she's more angry yeah. about changing the sausage recipe. Yes. That like, I was like, Oh, that's a good mom. Oh, yeah. well, there it is. <laughs> like, that's, but that, yeah, that punchline was hysterical to me. Yeah. I just, I really, love this movie and and you know and it's not it it's not that that kind of john hughesian sort of prototype for a teen movie of you know it's (laughs) it's it's not that john hughesian prototype of of a teen movie where you know we've got you know all oh all of the cool kids are like against all of the outsiders and you know everybody who isn't in the in group is a loser and i'm like yeah they're outsiders but you know like we were talking about in that way of like you're in a small town and so you it's like you're kind of, says, everyone's kind of an outsider uh, yeah like, every, everyone's kind of an out you know everyone's different but in the same way so yeah. and i i don't know it's just you know, like, there's not, like, you know, raging parties. Like, the one party that is in this movie, yeah. we see it for exactly 90 seconds. Yeah, it's it's a very different movie from for what mm-hmm. coming-of-age movies usually are. Yeah. It's just, it's a movie that I appreciate and I love so much. But anyway, do you have anything else to add, darling? That's it for me. All right, that will get it for this episode of Couch Buddies. As always, we thank you so very much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye! Bye. If you enjoyed this episode of Couch Buddies, why not leave us a rating and review over on iTunes? And while you're at it, don't forget to hit the subscribe button on your podcast app so you never miss an episode. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us by searching on social media. We're Couch Buddies Pod on Twitter, on Tumblr at couchbuddies.tumblr.com, and you can email us at couchbuddiespod at gmail.com.